This episode is brought to you by Storyblocks. Storyblocks makes it possible for content creators like you to bring your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Head to storyblocks.com slash VGA and let them tell your story. Everybody and welcome to episode 466 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Rapara is coming to you from the Nicholas May Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com/lasertime and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Website rebuilder Chris Antista. Thank you for doing that <laughs> and Star Wars Kid did not deserve all the hatred you guys threw his way, Matthew Allen. It, oh. We were laughing with him. No, it was at him. I don't think he asked. Yeah. <laughs> and special guest. Greg Moore, chain comboing younglings. Nice, nice. Oh, man. That, yeah, that was really cool that somebody figured out in Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, that because kids are immune to damage, you can, like, uppercut them into the air and keep comboing them in midair, juggling them. And use that Quite to get stylishly. across, like, pits and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's like Mario's <laughs> hat in Odyssey or a, a yeah. infinite training mode. I love it. I love it. That game is surprisingly good. Um, I I really wanted to hate it, and uh, I looked at it, and it looks... We're going to talk about it, right? Yeah, we'll, I we'll think it's only it. surprising to people who haven't been keeping up with Lego games Yeah, I totally general. haven't. At all. Yeah, because everyone that I know that, that talks about it, they're, like, comparing it with, like, Lego Batman. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. You know they did Lego Marvel in yeah. its open world Lego just like this game is. Like, don't act like that's a new thing for them. Anyway, we'll talk about it in the new releases yeah. section. Uh, we will. We will. But you know, it's the release of uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Wait, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I do my my stupid preamble thing? Oh, actually, first, uh, Greg, uh, where else can people find you? Real quick. Yes, I forgot to do the plug. I am at Lacker Leaks on Twitter. That's L A C Q U E R. Leaks, as in your tub leaks. Hmm. Not not as in the cooking thing, like a a vegetable leak, not L-E-E. Not not as the vegetable, although those are delectable. Uh, And I'm also, (laughs) I also stream stream weeknights on Twitch uh, at Lacquerware. That's Lacquer again, but W-A-R-E. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. those are the ones. Just saying, if you want to make a spoof account of Greg, Lacquer Leaks with two E's, probably available. (laughs) But it has to be a cooking account. Has to be all about cooking with (laughs) fake food, lacquered food, like lacquered. I I wanted to tease something for the Patreon. Please. Real fast. Well, no one's agreed to it yet. But uh, somebody else rolled credits on Elden Ring. Oh, congrats. How'd Uh, Diana like it? uh Uh-huh. I said, how did Diana like it? I was making a bad joke. <laughs> what, I, what, but Michael has to finish now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm, I've been dragging my heels because uh, there's, there's so much stuff to find in that game. And, like, you know, yeah. I, I look at, like, okay, where's this thing in the wiki? And it's like, oh, you can get it by talking to this character. It's like, who's this character? And then I look at it. It's yes. like, oh, this character has a whole quest line. I missed it. And I can't do it now because it's too late in the game. And so yeah. I've, I've just kind of been go- going yeah. back. You know, fighting old bosses that were too tough like weeks ago. And they um, they like, learned I'm, their lesson on that, the NPC stuff, by the way. They have yeah. patched the game 
to make NPCs yeah. more noticeable. One of the NPCs, mm. like he triggered his his dialogue triggered when you were too close. So they made it so that you can hear him way far away, so you don't miss him because he's kind of camouflaged in the is, environment is as well. Buck? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's the, yeah the little the yeah, Taylor I was, guy. I was like a hundred hours in before. Like, there are quest lines. Like, people will talk to you and <laughs> give you stuff to do. I'd never encountered <laughs> it before. I was fucking shocked. And uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait to talk about that on the, on the Patreon. Uh, hopefully, if Michael ever finishes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I could talk. I, we've done it here, but I could talk about it. I've never been so sad to complete something. I, I mm. tried to drag ass. and I was going to ask, Michael, yeah, maybe you're dragging ass because you're enjoying it so much that you're like, I've been there where you just don't want to finish a game because you know, like, hey, this is bittersweet. I yeah. want to keep enjoying this thing for yeah. a while. When I, you know, I, I just started exploring the fucking Halleck tree. I've, I've got a lot to do. Oh, God, that, I hate, no, fuck the Halleck tree. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst dungeon in there just because, of, you know, you fall off the branches. And it's yeah, dead. that's true. And you got the, the weird that... puppeteer snails with the crystal warriors who are vaguely racist. and They shoot bubbles at you mm -hmm. that knock you off the branches. Yeah, yeah it's Just because they have time. that Incan haircut. Yeah, it's also the sounds they make. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was the racist in that scenario. Greg is grimacing. I'm guessing you're not playing Elden Ring. I I put 40 hours into it, oh, and it nice. was the most. It was the most. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. It was the most hollow 40 hours Ooh, of gaming. Wow, that is a nice, had, nice I pun. A hollow. Nothing I time with it. <laughs> Uh, but you know what I really like is Sekiro. So I do. Mm. Anyone who's been enduring. These Elden Ring chats the last few weeks <laughs> instead of enjoying them. Uh, if you've wanted to like FromSoft games more than you do, I might just suggest checking out Sekiro. It, it is the answer to all of my things that I don't like about FromSoft games. So uh, maybe I'll jump try. Back you might still hate it. You might still hate it. If you really hate it. yourself and don't want to beat bosses, yeah, Sekiro is so, a great game. No, I think it's the opposite. But I obviously there's like two camps there are people who think Sekiro is way harder and then there are people that think yes. it's the only one that's at all reasonable mm. which is me no that's like I think you're the only one in that camp no no I've no it's a thing it is a Craig. thing there's a there's a whole fandom around this game that's like oh yeah it's, it's the easy one that, in yeah. Greg incorrect that is you can revive <laughs> on the spot you can resurrect yourself in a fight and there are checkpoints outside base virtually every boss in the game uh, so you never have to like spend ten minutes getting back to the boss to try minutes, the boss. But it's usually like nothing will two ever kill. Nothing. You, you will never be in a situation where you get hit once and then you have to squander a whole sixty seconds trying to witness that move again, and then you get hit again <laughs> because you can revive on the spot. You always get at least two tries. I, I do want to. I think you should be complimented for giving. A sour take on El Elden Ring, but only after forty hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I always try with their games, you know, because they do so many things better than anyone else. I think a lot of, I think that's why a lot of people bought Elden Ring is they want to feel in on, like they can see what's so cool about it, but yeah. there's like a couple things about them that prevent them from enjoying it. And I, I would say to those people, some fraction of those people might have better luck with Sekiro. I, I've seen those people go two ways too. I've seen people who have they always start like, "Hey, I, I traditionally don't really like Souls games, but I hear I should give this one a chance." And like about half of them end up loving Elden Ring for whatever reason, and ha the other half are like, "Yeah, no, this checks out. I still don't like these games." And I think it really all depends on what is it about Souls games you don't like, and that's going to determine if you're okay with Elden Ring or not. Like if if you don't like Definitely. the cryptic bullshit and 
hey, maybe missing quest lines because you forgot to talk to an NPC once, that's all still there, so you're not going to like that stuff. Sekiro I loved up to a point, and then that point became, there are these two bosses late in the game. I can't really progress past either of them. I'm sick of just throwing myself against one or the other. I'm not having fun anymore. And uh, and I kind of peace out. Maybe I'll go back someday and, and fucking kill that headless ape finally. But uh, I want to like coach you. Yeah, mm. it like because like I I struggled the first playthrough and now I breeze through the whole game. I kill the headless ape in like one or two tries. Nice. It can it can be done. I'm not good at games. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bit of a tease for second segment i have a game that i want to revisit for the new releases segment it's a game i maybe didn't give a fair chance yes, to you, you were kind of dismissive new. about it uh when we when it came I out i was and but i still have caveats on the game i i know why i was dismissive and uh, i won't say more but um hmm. house it, the dead remastered uh, that's come the one. around i oh, knew you'd man. come around nailed it nailed it uh but yeah so i i want to well, I guess I can tell you. I, I want to talk about Tunic again mm. in new releases, but that's the second segment. What's the first segment, Michael? Well, the first segment is the release of LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I hate saying those two words, Skywalker Saga. What a terrible name. But the game is good, and it inspired this week's top five, which actually was Dave's idea, our friend Dave Rudden, who uh, said, why don't you do... Uh, best Star Wars homages in games, and I'm like, why don't I narrow that down further and make it best lightsabers in non-Star Wars games? Oh, thank God. I saw the first one posted <laughs> in our chat, and I just went right back to bed. Like, I'm not going through all gamedom Star Wars homages. Are you crazy? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're just keeping it on lightsabers, and these are just some personal favorites uh, for, for a variety of reasons. But uh, we will get into those right after this. If you're a content creator like the good folks here at Laser Time, you know how inefficient and demanding the creative process can be. Sometimes you just want a huge library of content to pull from, and you need that perfect clip, image, sound, or piece of music. Well, good news. Storyblocks is here to help creators like you bring all your stories to life without sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Storyblocks gives you access to a huge demand-driven library of 4K or HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. Asset are royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and personal use. Their unlimited all-access plan gives you unlimited downloads from over 1 million assets in their library, including things like the background music you're hearing in this very ad right now. So whether you're a seasoned content creator or someone just dabbling with your first YouTube or Twitch channel, Storyblocks offers a selection of flexible subscriptions that fit every budget and scale to give you all the content and tools you need to focus on what's important to you, creating. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at storyblocks.com slash VGA. That's storyblocks.com slash VGA. And we're back to talk about what? I, I got a call from legal over the break. Mm. You can't say lightsaber. Oh. We're talking about beam swords, Michael. Laser beam swords. Sword. Laser Wait, does, swords. Does Disney own laser swords? Because Mark Hamill did say that in, in the second uh, sequel movie. Did say that. And if they they, own it was said the Disney movie, it's generally owned by that company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You can say lightsaber. Oh, I just did it again, but we're gonna have to owe Disney a dollar every time. You can we say, say you can say lightsaber, but you have to have the Disney Plus app yeah. open. <laughs> You're gonna <laughs> you have you have yeah. to spell it with an R E lightsabra. <laughs> That's yes, like how I spell theater. Yeah, with the R E. Uh, yeah, at this rate, you folks are going to need to up your Patreon donations because like, we need to cover all these <laughs> yeah. these royalty fees. We're going to donate to our episode. coming legal fund. 
Yeah, patreon.com slash laser time. Anyway, let's jump in with... Number five. You're heading towards the Ice Age. It will be extremely cold in this next area. The planet is covered with ice, and in some areas with strong winds, the temperatures will drop below freezing. The apes have adapted well to the new surroundings. Take full advantage of the gadgets so you can quickly move on. I always Speaking suggest of this. Guardian Gabe, Guardian Ape. This yeah. is the first game I remember seeing having the gall to just use. This is a fucking lightsaber ass lightsaber. Yep. But it only acts like a goddamn stun gun. Yeah. So but... you, it, it's it's explained by that same weird scientist. Like, uh, so this is Ape Escape, mm. and this was unique for a bunch of reasons. Like, number one, it was a really fucking fun platformer for the original PlayStation that kind of came out of nowhere at the time. It was one of the first games to like make full use of the DualShock or it's like you use a left stick for moving and you use the right stick to uh, throw your net and swing your lightsaber, which is not a lightsaber, but a stun club. If we don't stop the apes, history will be changed forever. You're our only chance. Two of my gadget inventions, the Stun Club and the Time Net, were also caught in the transport. I want you to use them to catch the apes and send them back here. The Stun Club can be used to defend yourself against attackers. And when you use it on the apes, they'll be stunned. And you'll have an extra second to catch them with the Time Net. There isn't time for any monkey business, Spike. Nope, no time for monkey business. I like how his... His uh, voice actor sounds like he's almost trying to be seductive at one point there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, yeah, he sounds like the New York Times podcast guy. Hmm. I wouldn't know. Michael Barbar. I don't listen to podcasts. Ape uh, Escape. <laughs> I feel like at, in its time, Ape Escape was like a, a super hit, at least in yeah. like critically. Like it, it. Was, it was like the game of the year from at least a couple outlets, I think. I remember PSM. I but it, it, it created an instantly iconic character in the apes with the sirens on their heads. It reminded uh-huh. me of, like, Servbot or something like that. Yeah. You see them on every... And I I think, for gamers, they, they're left an indelible image, because why are they in Metal Gear again? Like, Well, I can explain <laughs> it, but first we need to hear them getting caught. So, um, yeah, Ape Escape has kind of a weird history in the U.S. where the first title was published by Sony. And then the second title, uh, developed by Sony in Japan, but they didn't publish it stateside. So Ape Escape 2 on PS2, I think, was published by Ubisoft. Oh, right. oh yeah. And then I forget who published Ape Escape 3, but that was a strange one because that's when the Metal Gear Solid 3 crossover happened. Where Sony published game Metal, Metal Gear got like that that weird like I think in subsistence there was yeah that added mode where Snake has to play Ape Escape basically you're tracking down <laughs> apes and there's like a giant ape Metal Gear and and then in uh, Ape Escape three they added a mode where you play as a monkey version of Snake and you have to do Metal Gear Solid style missions with like a tranquilizer gun and take out other apes in a stealthy way right that was super cool all the games had fantastic mini games which themselves Mm -hmm. like were almost full-on worthy of being full-on games it was a great time for monkey-based mini games tell it to the the monkey ball people (laughs) i was gonna say what else you got (laughs) 
But I feel like it, Ape Escape hasn't really prevailed the same way like uh, Crash Bandicoot or Spyro have as like these canonized Sony. I think because they're they're so well designed as, as like instantly recognizable, they make a lot of cameo appearances. But like their games drifted to just party nonsense, mm. uh, basically yeah. like like larger versions of their mini games. Doesn't it feel like we're due for a reboot though? Can you imagine Absolutely. an Ape Escape on a PS5 with like oh, a literal man. million monkeys? They Trying stream to... they stream at you in swarms like World War Z. You have to. I, I would like to imagine to see it in that, PSVR. Yeah, I would like to see that handled by the um, shit. What's what's the pack-in game that we all loved? Astrobot. Yeah, Astrobot. I'd, I'd like to see it handled by that studio. Yeah, well, I think the original studio might have gone away, or they're rolled into the Astrobot studio because it was Sony Japan. But I, I thought Sony might have just closed the Japan studio, and then they're all run out of that shop now. I believe is how that works. That that was a fairly recent development. Well, still, I'd, I'd like to see those people tackle Ape Escape. I think they could do an interesting job. It's totally appropriate. And, and I, I just remember I was playing this the first game, I think, or maybe the second game, and my interest is waning in the second. What did they call the lightsaber in the game? The Stun, Stun Club. Club. The Stun Club. It is hilarious. It is just a fucking lightsaber. Looks, sounds like a lightsaber. But it stuns monkeys when you hit them with it instead of cutting them through, mm-hmm. which it should be doing. <laughs> don't talk about stun club. First rule of stun club. <laughs> don't talk about stun club. I kind of wish uh, Star Wars worked that way. They were just clubbing each other lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a lot That's of times they are. Works in the games a lot of the, the time. Lego games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. le- the in the Lego games, the lightsaber is a bat. Yeah, <laughs> at all yeah. times. <laughs> might break another character apart, but that's because they're Lego, and they can do that. It was bothering me. Team Asobi is the studio. Uh, Asobi. I wanted to say Asobo, but I think they did Microsoft Flight Simulator, so. I think you're right. And this Disneyland Connect uh, game. All right. Well, anyway, if we're, if we're wandering that far off track, uh, Ape Escape is great, but we should move on to... Number four. Ah, the talking's being drowned out by the music. What is this, Greg? That is Radiant Silvergun. Spiritual predecessor to Ikaruga, to those keeping track. Yep, a shmup where you have to juggle more stuff. Yep. Just what I want. Hit a bullet <laughs> hell game where I have more to keep track of. So my my original idea for this was Einhander, which which is also a shmup that has a lightsaber. But as you pointed out, Greg, mm. in this the energy sword is actually integral to the gameplay. Yeah, it's a so to Matt's point, you have uh seven weapons to juggle, which sounds horrible, but uh one of the cool things about the game is there are no power ups. Uh so you don't have to worry about losing your momentum if you die. Uh, you know, other other shoot 'em ups where you right. you have to get power ups to. I need make my option. Better, I gotta have an die, option here. You die once, and then the game is like twenty times harder because you don't have any right. firepower. In this game, well, there is there is a thing where uh, your as you score points, your your guns get better, but you have all seven weapons all the time, and the sword is is particularly integral to the gameplay because. Not only can it attack, but it uh, if you hold it out, it will catch uh, the pink bullets, which is, I guess, the majority of projectiles in the game. Uh, it will catch them, so it's a, it's a defensive uh, tool as well. And as you catch those bullets, every 10 bullets, 
fills your super meter, and the super meter is like uh, like your typical smart bomb move in a shmup, where it, it clears the screen and it also gives you iframes. So uh, it's it's like it's an extremely important strategic tool to the whole game, yeah. and it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's really yeah, good. instead of instead of always avoiding bullets like you do in most bullet hell games, they encourage you like no, go catch. The right. bullets, the only problem with it, it's the pink bullets. I bought this game recently on Xbox. Mm. It's still available. Uh, when you're colorblind, what? you can't oh, notice that no. those are the pink bullets. Oh, How do you do with Ikaruga? You can, like, white and black are no That's problem. That's totally huh? fine. Not a problem. So maybe yeah. that, cause that is sort of an evolution of that concept, I guess, where you can, you're going through bullets of a certain color to charge a meter. Mm. Yeah. But I guess that's a little more accessible. Yeah. Ikaruga is as hard for me as it was for anyone else who played Ikaruga. Like, it's still <laughs> yeah. a lot to adjust. <laughs> yeah, I, still kind I of a balls-hard shmup. get but, my yeah. brain around that one. Some people swear that Ikaruga is, like, the easiest shmup because you can do that. But I think your brain has to be wired in a very particular way. Otherwise, it's it's just uh, it's too much mental gymnastics. And I always found that Radiant Silver Gun is, like, is the is the more approachable of the two. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... Because once, yeah. I, once I got that... Uh, my main cabinet going. It was really interesting because I I don't think I'd ever played it in the arcade version of Radiant Silver Gun before. And oh I, wow, okay. it's pretty much the same, but without all the chatter. It, it, <laughs> right. it, it's pretty much the same. It's just that like, but when I was like cycling through like flight shooters like that, it kind of changed everything. Like there was no more old school like a uh, tiger, what do you, helicopter shooters like the, like. This the bullet hell thing sort of starts here, mm. and uh, tiger heli is that what you were? I, I just I was, there's there's a bunch of old shmups that are just like you know a Vietnam helicopter, and mm. like after this they never made any of those again. It had to be like lightsaber Sci-fi. beam. Yeah. Screen-filling weapons. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because Creedence Clearwater which, Revival had made all their money. <laughs> they didn't need to license their songs anymore for these Vietnam helicopters. Which, b- oh, by the God, way, I, was, I, I could not. I did not know where that was going. <laughs> is a bad. Is this a bad Moon on the Rise joke that Matt's about to make? I feel, I feel uh, like uh, I should play a sound of how this this uh, giant energy sword sounds when it's deployed. First, normal, and then like the super screen-filling attack. that sounded like nothing congratulations you've noticed that the music here absolutely drowns out every other sound and i don't think there's a way to uh, like tweak it individually so the music's any quieter it, that sounds like an arcade shoot like honestly yeah. like when you were in arcades everything was drowned out anyway um and that's one interesting thing about this game this is a game that was revered for years yeah. by games press but it never got a U.S. release until no. Xbox released it in 2011. It was, it was like a highly sought-after collector's item. Like, people would use that as, like, the, the standard of, like, well, you know, it's not as uh, unobtainable as Radiant Silver Gun, the very yep. expensive Holy Grail. Yeah, and and it was one of those games I remember like games pedestrian collectors. <laughs> everyone talked uh-huh. up, but they were all importing it way back in the day, and you're like, "Great, I can't wait for this game to come out here." Mm-hmm. And it never did until 2011. Yeah, yeah, I think wait, you can still only get it on the 360. Yeah, no, yeah, but, yes, well, oh well, no, isn't it available though if you have like the, I think it's the later like, is Xboxes? It on, yeah, I think yeah. it is. It's, on, it is backwards. Yeah, yeah. No, it has backwards compatibility. I was playing it on my uh, right, Xbox but it's too. it's yeah. still like. I, maybe other than like a collection or two, like it's the that's the only way it was ever released in the West. Yeah, I think so. I also God, wasn't it a wasn't it a game with gold like several months ago? Yeah, like it was, was it really was. recently? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, why did I ignore it? Why do I ignore all the games with Because you get on Steam. I don't know why Treasure isn't putting this stuff on Steam. Yeah, I checked Steam. It's not there. What is Treasure nowadays? Is Treasure like a holding company? Like, they're not... Yeah, I don't... They haven't done anything anything new since Geist Crusher God, which was a Capcom... Uh, collaboration. Uh, Geist that, Crusher God? I've never Which heard was of like this. 2014. It Damn. seemed like it would be awesome. In fact, actually, if you guys can track, if you have a Japanese 3DS, uh, this game, you, you yeah. heard it here first, this game is mechanically and visually ve- probably the closest thing I've seen to Mega Man Legends 3. Well, I didn't know you were going to say that. So who, uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it was uh, like you can you can tell from the footage of the prototype that was out there anyway. So, uh, but yeah, so it's may- maybe an interesting like it feels very much like it was made out of leftovers from that. But it's also like a cool action game that Treasure had involvement in. It's also a toys to life game that had like these <sighs> things you attach to your 3ds in Japan. I, I didn't. I never got to check that out, but uh, it's very obscure, and that's the last thing they did, other than ports of older games. I think the last thing they did, but they're—I mean, to be fair, those guys are probably like retiring age. I think it's basically just like one guy anymore, and he's yeah, like I mean, they've they've done their time. Uh, (laughs) Although it pains me to say, and I, I think at the very least, as many things as as possible need to get on Steam. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's actually got like one clear path to preservation right now than emulation. Or, yeah, I, I, I can't encourage enough stealing uh, emulation. <laughs> I, I, what? It's, it's, if people want to be obstinate and not release things, what are you going to do? It's, Just don't uh, steal from Steam. Mm-hmm. Gabe Newell's knife collection is impressive and deadly. This is what? true. <laughs> Not as impressive as our lightsaber collection. Uh, But yeah, I I did want to say, I I just really like the idea of like massive lightsabers bolted to ships. Radiant silver guns are really cool. They they look like uh, if you drew like actual sword blades with like vector lines or something Mm -hmm. just extending Mm -hmm. from the ship and swinging around. That's neat. Again, like the one in Einhander that I was talking about earlier, like looks like an actual lightsaber and it's like swinging around on an arm. I think this is something more shmups should do. Was it was it more yeah. like a whip? Uh, no, it, like cleared. It's like a windshield wiper, if I remember. No, correctly, no, it's right? it's like, like hanging thing. down. It's 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 like this this big pink plasma blade. Okay. Uh, it could I'll be confused for your ship's dick, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like swing it at enemies, and yeah, it's neat. Um, so to your I point, know. Michael, um, as far as more games should do that, mm-hmm. uh, I did want to uh, plug two games. Uh, oh, two please. recent indie games that do do a similar thing. You're, it's a shmup with a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one is a Grand Cross Renovation, which I haven't played yet, but I've mm. heard My lots favorite of... HGTV show. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that sounds British and like an HGTV. I've heard nothing but good things about this. It's a reworking of a game that was made back in the day using a Saturn uh, shmup-making... Uh, like if you've heard of, uh, so it's, they used it was a game made in Design 2, which is kind of like RPG Maker but for shmups. Oh neat! And and they've reworked that into a new game that's much better, and it, it's had rave reviews. It's Grand Cross Renovation. The other one, God, I hope that was the right title. <laughs> the other one is uh, Zero Ranger, which um, 
has also gotten a lot of rave reviews from shmup fans and uh if you happened to buy that ukraine charity bundle that was going around on itch.io itch. right? not yeah. not the not the humble bundle one but the itch the itch one um that had like 900 games in it uh zero ranger is on there you already have Ooh. it um and nice. it's if not it's it's i think i got it for like 12 bucks back in the day but it's it's uh, it's both of these games are very good radiant silver gun inspired shmups that have a sword. Rad. That's that's it. Cool. Well, we should probably move along to something that is a little better known in the U.S. I guess. Number three. Yeah, yeah, huh? <laughs> So it's a little. It's probably a little difficult to guess the game from just that sound. So I can I can play something else and see if you guys can pick up on what this stellar voice acting might be. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Who are you? My masterpiece. But who are you? After him, he is my nemesis. Our rivalry is what gets me motivation in life. Now go. Destroy him. That's an order. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> Should I do it more like this or like this? Uh, which, which do you prefer? Uh, you want to say what this is, Craig? <laughs> Mega Man X4. Wow, you got it specifically. Uh, yeah, the, what are we fighting for? Well, yeah, well, that, yeah, and that was the one that had it had the goofy acting juxtaposed with the extreme shocking violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Zero, the the coolest character probably ever in the Mega Man franchise for my money. Uh, he's got got the anime blonde ponytail and Z Saber, or or Beam Saber as it's sometimes called. It's his green lightsaber. Uh, he made a splash with it in the first Mega Man X game, but you didn't get to play as him until Mega Man X3. And even then, I think you didn't have access to the saber itself. You had to find it, but then Zero would get injured and you couldn't play as him anymore. Uh, but X could use it. And then it wasn't until like X4 that you actually got to, that Zero became like a fully playable character, like with a character select thing at the beginning. And then he's he's been in... A ton of stuff. He's been in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. There he is doing a sword combo, I think, on Doctor Doom. Uh, and he, he did get his own series at one point, Mega Man Zero on GBA, where this is probably the least impressive version of, of the Beam Saber, and it sounds kind of shitty. It sounds like a switch. It, sa- it like sounds a- like a snowplow salesman shaming Homer Simpson is what it sounds like. Ah, okay. I, I was going to say it sounds like a stun club. That sounds yeah, like the yeah, stun That, that yeah, should have yeah. been named a stun club. Do you come with a club? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Zero. Mm-hmm. When I think of beam swords and games, I feel like no one has owned it as as much as Zero. I feel like he's he's got the like he owns the SEO for video game yeah. beam swords. Yeah, he he is the uh like, you know, the cool senpai anime character who who shows up and like, "Oh, X, you're so weak. Why don't you come into your potential? I guess I'll be your big brother for now." 
and and then maybe he, but like yeah. if you ever played Mega Man X, it, he uses it like immediately, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the first first level. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I would yeah. like if we have any science scientist listeners. I've always wanted to fully understand the logic behind lightsabers because okay, I know light is technically both a wave and a particle at the same time, right? It's it's this weird thing in physics and science. So I guess the premise of a lightsaber is you're hyper-focusing those particles and making something that is a solid that can mm. cut through anything because it kind of has dual states or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I, wa- I want to I hear from, like, a scientist, is that feasible? Is it just yeah. a laser? Because well, some people my, call them laser swords. My right? understanding has always been that it's like a bolt of suspended plasma. It's like what comes out of blasters, but it just hangs in front of this this handle. Yeah, but and what stops it? There are people who have made these in real life. There, at least two what? of them exist. One which requires a like a battery pack to be worn, like a backpack, and the other like some two, two people on YouTube like made them and showed off how they made them and, and and are using them. And then the other one like he's like, yeah, this this has uh, all of its batteries in the hilt, uh, but it it burns out like in thirty seconds. So. <laughs> So here's the thing. So that's like that's we got to get our nomenclature right. That's a plasma sword, right? Mm-hmm. Like plasma yes. is is like a superheated gas, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's lasers, which are just superheated light, and most yeah. the way lasers cut is through like heat. Lasers right? would not stop unless there was something that could stop them. Uh, it right. collided, so you know t- potentially if you're swinging around a laser that has the potential to cut through metal. Like that, that you you'd ignite that, and it would immediately punch would a hole in the ship. Going right. Yeah, I remember right. as a kid, I drew a lightsaber and made a little mirror that was holding the laser in in the fucking hilt of the sword. L- like back and I believe our number one entry, and yeah, that's well, why that's, that's probably the most spoiled. realistic yeah. one. That's, uh, <laughs> because yeah, it needs a cap, like Michael said. Otherwise, it would just the whole deal with the lasers is they kind of keep going. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we all saw Real Genius, right? We, we know how laser technology works. Yeah, did you sure. see those things in the news, like the, the military using their real lasers? They're invisible no, no, not recently. and have no sound, and it just it's the most frightening thing I've ever... It makes a terrible sound when it, it's firing from this apparatus. But it's right. invisible and just like burns planes out of the sky. It's terrible. Oh, I was gonna, I thought they just flashed it in the pilot's eyes of the opposing <laughs> <No, audience. laughs> really, really By the way, annoyed. I shouldn't say this, but a family member of mine is a pilot... Uh, he tried like, all right, everybody, here's some laser pointers. I'm going to fly over this point. I want to see if, this, if any of this gets in my eyes. I'll be wearing sunglasses and tell you to stop. He couldn't recreate being hit by a laser from the ground. Like even those laser pointers, I don't think are powerful enough to go that far. Don't try it, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't encourage anyone. Go to ahead try and it. try it. Go ahead and try it because I, I, I think apparently like. They pull bullets out of planes all the time because people just fire at those all the time anyway. And, but if they if they hit them, they're so high, like the the force is not enough to do anything. Hmm. But yeah, apparently, like flying over the country, yeah, a bunch of people in the sticks fire their guns at airplanes. It happens. So laser pointers instead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. But I want to say, like, as long as we're on the topic of plasma swords and Capcom, I just want to throw a brief mention to the game Plasma Sword, Sword. (laughs) which puts its lightsaber right in the title and may actually have lifted the sound from Star Wars. (laughs) It sounds very Star Wars-y, at least to me. Yeah, Very much does. Yeah. 
By the, the way, the, if any scientists respond with any mention of a kyber crystal, get the fuck out. Yeah, we're not is, we're not taking those answers. Is 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 a uh, is plasma sword Star Gladiator? Or? It is the yeah, sequel to Star Gladiator. It's, okay. it's like how Soul Calibur is the sequel to Soul Edge or Soul Blade or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Okay, I always get confused. Star Gladiator is a very interesting looking game. Yeah. Good lord, holy shit! Yeah, uh, yeah. Plasma sword. <laughs> Such an S- was, you know, uh, like, what there was like name a, it? Plasma sword. a wave of 3D Capcom fighters that no mm-hmm. one really cares about anymore. That was uh, one they, of them. It sounds like all... someone wasn't part of the Fighters Edge program. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there was that, and the Justice. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Rival Project schools. Justice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, Power Stone. Yeah. Those were all directed by Itsuno-san of Devil May Cry fame, the director of mm. Devil May Cry three through five. So yeah. maybe it's, worth another look. Yeah. It, well, I, that's the thing. I sort of miss fighting games being released like that. I understand why it died out because eventually how we're told fighting games should be used now is to be played competitively for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And Capcom had a schedule like, well, here's a fucking not online fighter you can play with you and your brother or your friend your or play the arcade mm-hmm. mode and enjoy and here, and we're going to make four of them a year. Yeah. <laughs> and now instead yeah. you get like one fighting game with a shitload of updates every 10 years. And I, I think I prefer the former. Yeah. Uh, quirky, weird, little fighting games that I can play with my friends not competitively online that I don't expect to get good at, but just yep. want to play through a story mode. Same. God damn it. Yeah, the, the fact that Power Stone didn't make the transition to online gaming is sort of a tragedy. It's like it, Yeah, it makes... We had two, what? Right? Two? There was, yeah, there was there only two three, technically. Both great. And, like, yeah, I get it. You should not annualize that series by any means. But, like, yeah, I would have played that during the Xbox Live Arcade era, just like a four-player, multiplayer Power Stone. Like, yeah, yeah, it's probably part of that old, that bad bet on the Dreamcast that uh, stalled that series. Didn't My make enough money take. to justify reconfiguring. I like Power Stone mo- way more than Smash Bros. Sorry, Uh-oh. but I do. Oh, which also has lightsabers, but we're not going to talk it does. about those. Yeah, <laughs> they bend right. too much. Because yeah. the lightsabers in this are way better. Number two. Sticks. Yeah, I'm blowing up. <laughs> Is that what they really are? Yeah, what, I think what so. is this game? <laughs> Beat Sabre. <laughs> Beat Sabre. Uh, this game. Well, yeah, it's interesting to think about them as glow sticks now because it's like, what's cooler than getting uh, lightsabers of your own that you get to play around with in VR? Um, targets other than blocks, I guess. Would, would make that slightly cooler, but you it's, know, it's fine. It, it's good. There's it's, there's it's a fun. Star Wars VR game that's just that's doesn't, true. It's not as interesting. <laughs> I've never bothered with it. Honestly. A lightsaber experience is Beat Saber, mm-hmm. but I, I feel I like still... Beat Saber is like the killer app for VR. Like this is the one thing. Like when I see marketing for virtual reality stuff, it's it's always like putting Beat Saber front and center. That seems to be like the one universal thing that like everyone can enjoy Beat Saber. Yeah, that, that weird-ass fucking Oculus commercial from, like, a year ago. It's just, like, really, you're pushing this whole medium with 
Beat Saber and Eric Wareheim. Mm. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but Beat Saber, I think you, you for a while you could get us a pack in for uh, PSVR. Mm. Um, I, I know I know full well that is the inferior version because the PC version, you can play whatever the fuck you want. It's like practically like audio surf if you oh, remember nice. that game. Uh, and then but, Quest, yeah, you could just play anywhere totally untethered from anything. Yeah, uh, but I had the PSVR version, but it, this is... When I describe it to people, have you played Guitar Hero? Yes. So imagine instead of strumming notes, you're whacking them out of the sky with lightsabers. Mm -hmm. um, that's what this game is. And it might be a game I've played the most because it has become a form of my fitness. I think I mentioned that before. Yep. I haven't used it in a few weeks, but like every time I would try and like go on a walk or run or a swim and needed to top off a couple minutes, like, dude, I can always load up like fucking... Breaking the habit by Lincoln Park and really get my rage out and uh, top off my uh, exercise for the day. It's fucking great. Talk about Star like... Wars, kid. Nothing looks funnier than people <laughs> with an Oculus headset. Doing I, I, I only recently stopped drawing my shades because I just finally talked to all my neighbors. Like, I know what I do. Just don't, you know. You see me <laughs> if you see me in the window doing something with my shirt off. Like, just don't video it. Like, be be cool. It's not weird sex stuff. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just yeah, stuff. Come over. Yeah. It's fun to play. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves playing this. Yeah, put on my sweaty goggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I said in a previous episode I may have spent, other than Rock Band, I had probably spent the most money on Beat Saber, at least the previous generation. Wow. How often do they release songs for Beat Saber? Is it, is Almost it never. Oh. Officially, on PSVR, on the PC version, there's a ton of shit, uh, including official and unofficial. Like I was going to say, on PC version, there can be anything you want. I know, I know, but they, they still <laughs> they still have more songs than the PlayStation counterpart, but it's like, it really is like once every four months. I think oh. it started scaling up a little. We got some Timberland BTS and Lady Gaga. And Billie Eilish in there, I believe, a few months ago. Madam Gaga. <laughs> Madam Gaga. <laughs> Madam Gaga. And the cold play. <laughs> it would be I've cool never, if you could, never heard them, but if I you could buy cool. like different targets instead of just the blocks. You know, if you could have like apes cascading at your yeah. stunt clubs and ape escape, yeah. yeah, have a crossover I mean, it's, it's, ape escape. I, I remember I bought the Green Day pack with filled with songs by Green Day that I do not like. And because I don't hate Green Day, but I was just so astonished. Like, there's a green block now. Everything has changed. Nothing wow. had changed. It was a minor cosmetic difference. But I've been, been playing the game for like two fucking years, and the sight of a green block brought great joy to me. So yes, Greg, you are correct. You should be able to buy like tw Twitch emoticons and fucking slash yeah. your friend's head. Why not? Oh, that's Wake awesome. me up when September ends. A green block. Amazing. <laughs> Is it St. Patrick's Day already? You wish that song was on there. <laughs> uh, it would probably be, you know, pretty slow to get through, all things considered. Um, but anyway, we should probably move on to... Yo, help me out here. Where's this death metal dude? <laughs> Bad answer. It's game time. Uh, mouthy punk rock assassin with a lightsaber. What game could this be? No. No more. Mirror. Heroes. Yes. 
Uh, no More Heroes, which is one of my favorite games of the Wii era. And l- less so now. <laughs> I know a lot of... I know No More Heroes 3 has its fans. I'm not really one of them. But, uh, yeah, you just have... Just Suda. Just Suda and his family. Yeah. You have, you have Travis Touchdown, who is a weeb wrestling fan who's, like, really into Takashi Miike movies, especially now. <laughs> and he decides he's going to order a, a beam katana on eBay and become an assassin, a hitman, to make money. And then he discovers that, like, oh, actually, there's this big competition to become the number one ranked hitman, and I have to spend a lot of money on these matches, so I have to take on odd jobs now. And uh, it sort of defeats the whole purpose of the Enterprise. But uh, <laughs> he he has, I think, like like you said, Matt, like this is the most believable lightsaber variant in that uh, it's, it's this... Hilt that uh, when he hits a button, the this rod extends. It has like a little mirror or something at the end of it, and the the blade comes to life, and it looks like a fluorescent bulb. Yeah, it looks like a fluorescent <laughs> tube from a wrestling match. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just going to smash it on people. It, it, to me, it, it looks like if anyone got a lightsaber working, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like, yeah, you're thinking, you're picturing Star Wars, but that's how it would actually look. Like, it, it would look yeah. a lot jankier than you wanted it to. Most to likely, look. yeah. Like, if you if you needed that to end at a certain point. Um, and, and yeah, every, every level begins with him, like, drawing it and igniting it, and it looks so cool. And it's just a, a cacophony of screaming and body parts and spraying blood and I think that yeah that that moment at the start of every fight where you draw mm-hmm. where the lightsaber is the best feature of the whole series. <laughs> you hit the button and and oh man, it's so cool. And of course, you know because this was a Wii game. It had motion controls for other things, like, you know, your your katana would constantly run out of juice, and you would have to manually recharge it. <laughs> that is him panting furiously as you, in reality, are shaking the Wiimote like a fucking uh, shake weight. Penis? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a big jack-off joke. It, it is a yeah, total big yeah. jack-off joke. He's doing it near his crotch and everything. Um, I mean, that. by the way, though, the, the fact that... You need to recharge that. That's, again, more realistic than any other laser sword, because mm-hmm. to get that to work, you'd have to have a huge battery pack strapped on yeah. your back to, to make that much energy. It would, be, it would look more like the Ghostbusters, basically. Yeah. Like, like I said, there's one guy who got one working that doesn't have that battery pack, and it burns out. It, it lasts about, like, 30 seconds, he said. Yeah. Yeah. He claims. And Travis's beam katana, like, there are a bunch of them that you can unlock over the course of the series. They have different shapes. There's there's one that looks like uh, four beam katanas. Like if you strap them back to back, it's got like four glowing blades and, and looks like he's wielding a candelabra or something. Mm-hmm. There's the ones that uh, he had in Numer Heroes 2, which are just like, you know, big red curved blades that don't have a little mirror at the end. So it's like more like this is what an actual lightsaber uh, or, or I guess a fictional lightsaber <laughs> looks like. But This is the first one that, that has the... Sound at least uh, out of the, the clips you've played, yeah, Michael. Like yeah, that, yeah. I'm shocked they didn't get sued for that because that's like yeah. okay, wait. That's a, a that's a very Star Wars sound effect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gets made fun of quite a bit. What's that you hear? A toy? 
even though it, you know, cleaves through most of the most powerful beings in the universe by the time that series is over. Uh, <laughs> you know, not a lot of people know how they make the womp sound. And what it is is they, they take um, uh, Joey, and they, you know, whoa, that kid, and they just mm-hmm. slow it down, really <laughs> slow and stretch it out. Joey Lawrence. Uh, he he yeah. still makes royalties to this day from that. Hmm. Don't look that's that up. That's, that's totally how that works. Yeah, Just totally. Look, no, look it up. Uh, that's really how. I think I did look up how that. I, I, I saw something on how they made that sound, and it's like it. You know, it's movie magic. It's sort of like how the Godzilla scream is made by running a gloved hand down the frets of a an a, like a violin, some string instrument, and then playing it back really slowly. But, yeah, Foley. Foley is an mm-hmm. amazing art. It really is. Not just Mick Foley either, an artist in the ring, like actual Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, or Dick, an artistic uh, yeah. improv guy. In yeah, well, you know, if, if if it's got Foley attached to it, it's probably quality. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that, yeah, so yes. Yeah. Can't, even Axel Foley. Yeah, yeah, Beverly Hills Cup is supposed to be pretty good movies. I somehow never saw them, even as an 80s kid. But. Oh, okay, don't, don't watch three. Hmm. One and two are fine. All right. Mm-hmm. My my main frame of reference is the Clerks cartoon, where it's just him and Judge Reinhold shoving bananas up tailpipes. I was, I was going to say no uh, better Judge Reinhold vehicle. Hmm. I can unequivocally say that to you. Like if you want to see Judge Reinhold at his finest, Beverly Hills Cop. All right. Well, I think uh, that concludes our top five. Unless anyone has any anything else to say about No More Heroes. Good yeah. game, excellent. Yeah, yeah, I love that series. Again, to a point. Anyway, on that note. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we will talk about some actual licensed lightsabers and uh, some tunic and a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned. Either you are while you're falling apart and it open a can of worms. She told me the news, telling me I'm with my lightsaber cock stuck in Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. No, we're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As if the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? Because <laughs> it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it. But I'm going to experience this fresh. Super important to me. And I'm, I like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof. But when I saw Endgame... I think it, I was talking to you about it. Like, I didn't... The trailer only showed, like, the first 40 minutes of the movie. I had no no idea what oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. was even going to be like, about. Time travel and all that was, like, completely left right. out of the... I, I, yeah. I, I read your movie sites and all that stuff, but I'm really good at avoiding spoilers. But, like, dude, the Spider-Man stuff just crept over into everything. And when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like... Yeah, other than the post credit scene, like, that, all of that. All of that was spoiled for me, like... 
naturally on Facebook. Man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still, it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled. Certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we're just going to jump straight into... I don't feel like faffing about. There's a lot to talk about, like Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Um, um. <clears throat> Yeah, so code name Starkiller Saga. That's mm-hmm. when they were working on it. No one, no one would know. That yeah. that's what it is. Code name Journal of the Whills. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't you hope they make more Star Wars movies just to not call it the Skywalkers? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Now, because uh, yeah. like you know that just implies like, oh, you're going to have more, or is this to differentiate it from the not real Star Wars movies like Rogue One and Solo? I feel like they learned a lesson. And this is a wider conversation, and Lord knows I have a podcast that can manage it. Should we be concerned that no one wants to move Star Wars forward? All they can do is revisit. I, I think they found that moving Star Wars forward can be disastrous, especially yeah. if if you yeah. make up the whole thing as you go along in some weird game of story pass. It's It's been really fun to see them relearn the lessons that we learned in the 80s with Star Wars Legends, where it's like, yeah, it's actually more fun to play in the margins of Star Wars and tell mm-hmm. the side stories yeah. of these small characters than it is to try to focus on the main characters. Like, that's how you get... The Mandalorian, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. That's how you get Tales from the Cantina, which was a popular book in the 90s. The, yeah. I wanted to say The Mandalorian, excuse me, The Book of Boba Fett, starring mm. The Mandalorian for <laughs> a bunch of episodes. Uh, that was the most realistic lightsaber thing, like just when it hits his leg. And like, whenever you see those YouTuber guys build a fake lightsaber, like, yeah, I want to stay as far away from this as I can. <laughs> if this thing grazes me or anything in my house, it is decimated and ruined. Yep. Uh, and, and the Mandalorian, yeah, immediately like like rubs it on his leg and like fuck, ow, <laughs> yeah, ow. I'm like, why has no one done this yet? Like the Jedi's in training. <laughs> You've just that. scarred yourself and cauterized the wound in yeah. one fell stroke. You know. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's tagged themselves with a lightsaber. That never happens until now. <laughs> So I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect going into this. Um, you know, I I liked the original Lego Star Wars games. I have not really enjoyed a Lego game since then. The last few that I tried to play, I remember like I got so hung up on like there's just so much scenery to smash, and it gives you all these little studs that it's like I'm mm. not I don't even remember what these are used for. I think yeah, unlocking I think I, characters. I, I, my my assertion was that the Lego games got pretty mindless mm-hmm. and. The original Lego Star Wars was like this super charming, funny, dialogueless thing, and then I was playing Lego Dimensions, and like now the the dialogue is the only thing that's charming because the game is pretty basic. And then I remember playing Lego Force Awakens, and like I never want to play one of these again, ever, 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 ever. The originals had this formula that I hear this one goes back to, which were they were sort of puzzle games. There was there yeah. was the light action, but it's like oh. To get into this secret room, you have to have this particular type of character. Like, only droids can go here, yeah, right? Yeah, And, and they th- got away from that with, like, Lego Batman, is, is I think, where they, they thought, oh, we are just good action games. And I'm like, eh, not really. Mm. Um, and, the, and they occasionally bring stuff back, and this has that. 
plus all of the open worldness of like Lego Dimensions or even those Lego those Marvel superhero games were excellent. They were really fun open world Lego games, and I I think a lot of people didn't play them because they were so sick of the formula. And I'm like, no, you should go play those Lego Marvel games. So, They're so really am I, good. Am I looking at footage of this? Which the only footage we'd seen thus far are mostly like cutscenes and stuff, not a lot of gameplay yeah. footage. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. you're way closer to the character now. It's you're it's behind like, the back. That, that's what the Lego back. Marvel games introduce. You're behind. It's not a side-on view of the. Of I the don't remember that in Lego Marvel. I remember being very typical Lego game, like it, and especially mm-hmm. Force Awakens. It was just like this is taking longer to play through than the fucking scene in the movie. I'm so bored. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, this does it does follow a lot more closely to your character. It feels more like a quote unquote real third person action game. Uh, you like, I, I was kind of immediately charmed by it because, like, yeah, like you said, it does have those places and levels where I think, like, oh, you can't actually access this yet. You have to come back and free play once you've unlocked a certain character, or then you can get in and see what's in the secret room. It's got, uh. You know, lots. It's got enough scenery to smash to feel satisfying, but not so much that like I'm just going to spend all my time in this one stupid room mowing through all these uh, boxes and crates and and stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, and and then the, the actual action is like, yeah, the the um, brawling is pretty satisfying, and they have actually created a combo system where it's like, yeah. oh, he's blocking. Hit this other button to like air launch him or do a heavy attack. And then you, you're supposed to combo different buttons. You, you, you're not just supposed to mash the same button. That's that's mm. what looks so weird now because it's using the Lego visual style but is a competent shooter with a combo system. Yeah. <laughs> so you have these goofy-ass yeah. fucking characters in a solid third-person action game. And, and you can transition quickly from, like, I'm beating up this guy. All right, now I'm going to hold down the left trigger, and Princess Leia is going to draw her blaster, and, and now it's a third-person shooter, and I can just mm-hmm. play like that. And it's kind of interesting because, like, you can shoot the helmets off stormtroopers, and then they're just, like, random Lego people underneath, and then you shoot them in the head, and you think about their families. Uh, but and There's just one who's Jason Sudeikis. He's doing a cameo, uh-huh. yeah, like a secret yeah, cameo. Exactly. But it's just like, oh, I'm not used to seeing stormtroopers as people. The movies of kind of on purpose kept us from thinking about that because of the robot looking helmets but uh, not if you yeah, watch clerks yeah. one they mm. talked about that a lot yeah, that's true well it seemed like they were poised to until uh what'd you call what happened to finn in the movies anyway sorry hmm. oh oh yeah 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 uh i thought you were talking about clerks for a second <laughs> like, no no no, no, no. Finn i'm talking about clerks I thought you were doing Randall. Talking, I was I'm like, talking, "Are you doing a clerks right now?" You know what your problem is, Finn. <laughs> you, well, they were they were poised to. And but, I'm like, uh, wait, what? But yeah, I, I also like the the level design. You know, just playing the the first couple levels, like in uh, in the um, the Tantive Four, whatever, like Leia's ship, and then on Tatooine, and like especially on Tatooine, like things open up so much. It's just like. Okay, Luke is talking to Obi-Wan and meeting in the desert, like, oh, come back to my hut, I'll tell you everything. And then as you're following Obi-Wan, you're free to just, like, veer off the path and, and fuck off and, like, oh, I want to talk to this C-3PO-looking guy over here, he's got a quest for me. Oh, there's a gonk droid that just says gonk, 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 and then if I switch to playing as C-3PO, I can translate what it says, and it's like... Oh, I'm on an epic quest. Will you please accompany and keep me safe from the sand people? And then, like, you can follow him or ride on him as he gonks along. And 
And, and yeah, it's, it's just like there's, there's just, uh, swoop bikes and land speeders that you can just hijack and drive around. And it feels yeah. a lot like Disney Infinity, honestly. Like the more, sure. the more open levels of that that were sort of like the toy box stuff from, from the Toy Story 3 game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Dimensions had a lot of that too. A lot of, a lot yeah. of that DNA. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never been, I've never been more interested in a, in a Lego game before. Yeah, me because. either. And I, I just, I, I got it like thinking like, ah, it's Steam. I'll play it for an hour and then return it. And like now I, I might hang on to it because like I really enjoyed what little I played. And uh, how much environmental puzzle solving is there? So, so again, they, they do different stuff in different games. Like the Her- Lego Harry Potter games were all about like, ah, you gotta have this user to cast this spell on this mm-hmm. thing to, to get that platform to appear. Is there that type of stuff as well? Like where they're like, oh, you, you have to have a, Lego Master Builder to create this this glowing blue platform. Well, I mean, there's stuff like, for example, the C-3PO thing that I mentioned where, like, uh, oh, Luke can't understand what the gonk droid is saying, but 3PO can. Uh, and I heard droids like can't build Lego structures in this. Like, they can't move fast enough to do the special Well, I think R2 can't, but maybe 3PO can. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But, yeah, there, there's a great bit about, like, uh, that uh, the Empire does not – people don't consider droids to be threat. A threat. So, like, if you're playing in that bit as 3PO and R2 trying to escape the ship, uh, there, there's actually a bit where, like, oh, it's just droids. Yeah, they're not a threat. There's what could possibly be scary about a sentient bundle of metal and wires? I'm gonna say that's exactly <laughs> what the droids want you to believe. Yeah, this is not terrifying at all. The, the one of the best Star Wars things I saw in the last few years, um, I think it was two years ago, the, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Mm-hmm. It's fucking oh, yeah. great. Yeah, huh. yeah well, yeah. it's it's certainly better than the last thing to be called a holiday special with yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> I was well, gonna say, is it is it a Lego version of the seventies? They, they spoof some of the seventies stuff. Yeah, I'm they they, sure they do, them, but they they yeah. mostly go. It's the modern cast going back in time to yeah. different scenarios. And, and, and I felt Star like Wars it was universe. two different. Like the the A plot with the going back in time that was pretty interesting. The B plot with Poe Dameron trying to cook the perfect Christmas turkey or whatever. Who gives a shit? I don't need this at all. They probably don't have Grandpa Chewbacca literally having a wet dream during the special. I I think think they do. I think some of the... (laughs) the, I think they might briefly reference Chewbacca's family. There's unlockable (laughs) costumes for the holiday special. I've watched it two or three times now. I really thought thought that thing was pretty great. And yeah, um, yeah, the Lego game, you can play in Darth Vader's Christmas sweater and shit. I, I have to be honest. I thought this was a compilation mm-hmm. because they've done so many Lego Star Wars yeah. games and I, I just assumed like well sure yeah they're, they're probably compiling the, the original the trilogy the prequels and then the, the new new trilogy but no it's it's an all new built from it's the ground up game, game and a brand new engine and I have to imagine what I heard about you know I, th- I think they said three hours per movie it, like yeah. when I played Force Awakens Lego Star Wars it was Interminable. It was fucking awful. Like every mm-hmm. level took four and a half hours. It was ugh. It was insufferable. Also, a, a touch that I like is that while uh, certain parts of the game are locked from the beginning, you can play either in episode one, episode four, or episode seven. So, uh, like whatever trilogy you want to play play through, you can start from the first movie. You don't have to play through. One through three to play, you know, regular Star Wars as people my age think of it. If you if you want to jump straight to Ray's story for whatever reason, you can. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the first movie of that trilogy. That, that's right, the only right. limitation. Yeah. You unlock two in, and three. Fifty four percent bad movies. 
<laughs> that millennials now remember fondly. So mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I enjoyed this. Uh, I want to play this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty good, uh, surprisingly. But uh, Tunic is also pretty good, and you've been revisiting that, Matt. This is my retraction. Yeah, so I, I think I might have given listeners the impression when I originally played Tunic, I was like, oh, this is it's like Death's Door, and... On its surface, it is and can come across as a lesser version of Death Store. And then I kept hearing other podcasts like talking about like all of no wait until it does the thing. It has it, it reveals itself like I don't want to spoil much for you guys, but I'll just say this. Like if you've played Fez and remember the trick Fez did 10 of, years old this week. Wow, yes, but like the whole Fez trick of. There is something that's been hiding in plain sight, and once you see it, you realize there's a whole other game that you should be playing. The Witness did a little bit of this, too, Uh right? This has that, but then kind of has, like, multiple layers of that. So on its surface, it is a Zelda-like, Death Door-like game, but that's not the whole game. And, And actually, I think one of the problems I have with the game, it's a very frustrating experience to begin with because... On purpose, you're, you're so limited with your powers, and they, even, this is a spoiler, even knowing you can level up your character and power them up is something you have to uncover and discover in the game. And the way you discover it, it's, if you love retro games, you'll love this game, you're collecting instruction page booklets from like a yeah. retro Zelda type instruction oh, booklet. Neat. But as you collect those, you slowly, like, stuff you've been seeing the entire game, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I got this page, and so now I know there's a thing I could do, and you kind of suspected the whole time, but you're like, hmm, maybe I need to collect an item to get there. And some of those, yes, you do need to collect items, but some are way more obvious than that. And it's also a game, like, it's first trick, and I'll spoil a little. It's one of those games, because it's an isometric try to like basically rub against every wall because yeah. there's sort of hidden paths around places that, that are hidden yeah. from the perspective and that's so that's the first time you're like hmm there's more to this game than meets the eye it's just there's some balance issues with the game I, honest to goodness this is going to be in my top 10 games of the year I've, I've been kind of pressing you guys to play because, it because you, you were talking about it I, I started it up like right before I had to go to my sister's and I just immediately like, man, this game fucking sucks. I hate it. <laughs> right. I hate it. It challenges you to like it in the beginning because mm. it's, yeah, it's it's slow as shit. And then I picked up an instruction booklet page and like, oh, this is how you run. Like, I could run. That changes yes. everything. Like, yes. I, I could. I and, and 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 like that's. I'm I'm only telling you that because that's a metaphor for the, the entire game. Basically, like, what the fuck? I could do that. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, I knew there's a, probably a thing I could do on this platform. This, this platform looks like it's important. And once you discover the instruction book page that tells you what to be doing on those platforms, it opens up a whole other part of the game. And, and by the like, way, oh, most of the game God. is in a completely different language. So it's just, it is like you trying to read through a Japanese manual and figure right. out what to do in a game. Most, yeah, most of the instruction booklet is written in this other language. So it's, I, I take back what I originally said. Like I said, this is in my top 10 games of the year. Um, it has some balance issues. I'll be honest with you. Like it starts tough. There's a midpoint in the game where you're kind of between secrets. Like there's a point where it opens the floodgate of like secrets that you discover. And then kind of that tapers off and you kind of like, okay, where do I go now? And then like, there is some really weird boss difficulty spikes that I'm like, man. And actually I think they knew this because there is a toggle in the game where you can straight up, Hey, just don't kill me. Don't do any damage. I just want to experience the story of this game. And I'm like, I haven't done it yet. I haven't turned that on, but I'm like, 
I can see why that would be there because yeah, it's just like unnecessarily hard bosses. Uh, yeah, I just felt like they kind of needed to work on balance a bit. But man, Tunic, uh, it's on Game Pass. Should mention, great game. I take back my my previous uh, statements about it, and um, it's, you, it, you owe yourself to check in it out. a Game Pass world. You download a game like, oh, it's a Zelda like the character is dressed like Link for fuck's sake. Hmm. In and also looks like Disney's Robin Hood. Yeah. Did you know there's character customization hidden in that game? Because there is. No, I didn't. I didn't like it. I, I, I've never hated a game so much. Not not hated, but just like, nah, this is some fucking indie dumb shit. I was with you. And uh, I turned a corner. Like I hit. I hit some point. I haven't been able to play it in the last two days or so. But like, yeah, I hit a point. Like, oh shit, you can discover like completely game changing stuff every couple of minutes in that yep. game. Uh, in very very clever ways, so it's it was it's been rewarding to stick through. Um, yeah, and and I, it's one of those games I would recommend don't don't look up guides at first, you know, and, and then maybe if you're like stuck and and you feel like you haven't made progress in a while, okay, now look at a guide and see where you should go or something like that. But really, it's one of those games you're gonna feel better if you figure it out on your own. Yeah, yeah, download it and be like, ugh, this twee voxel horse shit. Ugh. Then, <laughs> Sweet voxel horse shit. That's that's a that's a great phrase. Uh, that's our next podcast uh, <laughs> time. I was so annoyed, and uh, and I I completely I didn't completely change my tune, but now, now I see that Matt's fully oh n- unfuck this game. <laughs> mm. And it's different enough from Death Store. I'm not saying like it's just a different game. Like Death Store still is doing its own thing and is an amazing game for what it does. What's well, more, it's a Souls like, and this doesn't have mm. this is. Yeah, I guess it barely has. Some, there are some Souls like elements yeah. in terms of getting. I, just, I haven't needed money yet. I don't know what to do with the money I have. Yeah, well, that's that's you'll discover if you find one instruction book page will change everything in that game. Wow, that's what's cool about it. Well. Yeah. I think it, I think you guys should reiterate the name of the game for the people. Tunic! 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 T-U-N-I-C. It's on Game Pass. That sounds um, thrilling. Or as our former boss probably <laughs> would have said, Chris, Tunic. Probably. Uh, the next game, Chunic. I haven't played yet. It's a Game Pass game, but I'm hearing great things about Norco, mm-hmm. which is, the, it's a gothic point-and-click adventure set in Louisiana. But the only reason I wanted to include it here is because I grew up next to Norco, California, a cow town that is on the border of Corona and Riverside, California. And I just laugh every time I see the name because no one knows about Norco, California. It You would pass through it on your way to Vegas, basically. That's probably Would I, though? That Norco. sounds like something I'd want to drive around. Yeah, every time I see someone in Norco, <laughs> I cut their surfer cord and say, Say Norco, F word. You would <laughs> want to drive around it because it smells like cow poop. <laughs> it's a, cow, a literal cow town. Uh, but yeah, Norco is getting, uh, kind of rave reviews from adventure fans. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out via Game Pass. I think it's, I think it might just be on PC Game Pass. So, uh, yeah, which I have through Ultimate. So another Game Pass game, MLB The Show 22. That is uh, so weird. That is so yeah. fucking weird. The Sony baseball series is on not game only Pass. is on Xbox, but it's on Game Pass. That, that was last year too. Remember? Yeah, but it's, it's, like, is it debuting okay. on Game Pass? I mean, it's it's day one Game Pass. That's like it crazy. is, you can play this now. In fact, I played it today via Game Pass Ultimate Cloud. I played it through wow. a web browser. Wow. The way Microsoft, the way Phil Spencer intended, I played it with a PS5 controller <laughs> <laughs> on Game wow. Pass I, Cloud in a web browser. Oh. Truly, 
console agnostic experience. Let yeah. us bow our heads in payment. It's total anarchy. <laughs> I have nothing to say about this game other than like uh, the name the show was to distinguish you between the other MLB game, which no longer <laughs> exists. So maybe right. we can yeah. drop the show mm. at this point. Yeah, but then what would you do with Road to the Show? That mode that's in the game. Uh, yeah, the story it, mode. It's part of the branding it. at this point. People, just make people will get it MLB because they details. have to. <laughs> you get this game yeah. for free on competing platforms. So there, There's not much I can say other than, hey, it, it's it's a pro baseball game, and if you mm-hmm. want to play a baseball game, it's the only show in town. Crack and also... As a guy who grew up an Angel fan, this one is branded with all Angels stuff, so uh, I was excited angels. about that. Can you explain something to me as someone who never really appreciated baseball as an adult? Yes, but only so, if you stop pointing at your camera. The, the listeners sorry. can't see that, but man. It doesn't matter. So, okay, you've got the you got the L.A. Dodgers, you got the SF Giants, right? Yes, yes. California Angels. What is that? And well, that was the old name. What the fuck does that mean? No, okay, uh, so the, my understanding of the history, the Dodgers were from Brooklyn. Brooklyn yeah. Dodgers went to Los Angeles. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Angels were originally from Los Angeles. And the, when and the they Giants moved to are from Anaheim, New York. When they moved to Anaheim, they became the California Angels. Well, there was then, a period where they were the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. So after they moved from Los Angeles to Anaheim, originally they, they were the California Angels. And then I think it was the Disney acquisition or right after Disney sold them, maybe they became the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And it was obnoxious, and everyone, I even Orange County people, it. made fun no, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's done. No, 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 no and... go on. No, go on. I actually do want to know. So I, I just hate that they were the L.A. Angels so of Anaheim. Did they That's... buy the Angels just so they could make that movie, Angels in the Outfield? No, but they I... made that movie because they bought the team. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's a chicken and egg situation. So yeah, like Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks is the one you're thinking of where they made right. the movie and like, let's make the team based on the movie. Yeah. In so Anaheim, real. close by Disneyland, yeah. We yeah. can't make Pokemon real, but we can make Mighty Ducks real. I had that. I had. I wore exclusively Mighty, Disney Mighty Ducks hats throughout middle school. I love that wow. logo. It's it's a very cool logo and yeah. branding. Like the Ducks branding. It's still like Jason rules. Voorhees meets Donald yeah. Duck. It's great. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Here's my contribution to the baseball game segment. Please. <laughs> I don't care about baseball, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with baseball cards. Uh, and I loved the mu- movie Major League Two. Yeah. Uh, you got some monsters, Greg. Yeah, specifically Forget the two. original, way just funnier. two. And here's, what I th- here's, my, here's my thinking. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you care about MLB The Show, there's a fair chance that you also loved Major League Two in 1995 or whatever. Uh, it's available for free on Tubi, the <laughs> streaming app, and right. this is the only place I've ever seen this movie streaming in my whole life. So check it out. I had I just watched this movie for the first time. I used to watch this movie like weekly. Damn. And it's back. It might on be Tubi. the number three Corbin Burnson vehicle. Behind L.A. Law and Psych is major the Major League movie. <laughs> so it's ahead of Major League One, at least. No, no, it is not. No? Okay, not the most people. No. So number four, maybe? Just uh, a bit outside with that take. Greg, I, I may have said this before. Uh, Gregory, seeing Major League Two in theaters, it was my first date and my first kiss. Major no, League I don't Two. remember this story. Major League Two. Went, wait, okay, what moment in the movie did you kiss? Uh... Probably when the uh, 
probably when the uh, Allstate guy was talking, and uh, I hit her eye. <laughs> I hit her right the in the Allstate eye first, guy. and um, she laughed. With your nose? Like, like, yeah, with your nose, with your fist? With what? my yeah. lips, and I, I missed. I just totally missed. It was too dark. Oh man! Um, quite you a kissed her in the eye. I kissed her in the eye. It's a major league too. No, and she best. said, "Do you want to try?" I didn't know how to do any of that at, at this point. It was it was very innocent. Uh, I mean, that's kind of why people do that with the tongue because they don't know how to kiss. Right. And uh, it, but this is the only, one of the only girlfriends I'd never put a finger in or anything. So I don't. I don't. It, 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 it was just. Uh, I was going to ask if you put. No, it is it was just a major. No, I wasn't, wasn't going to ask. A, a major league, a, a major league two kiss, and it's just like I feel like in my life that movie is notable for no other reason. <laughs> no, it's it's a funny movie. The the, the the you've got the great the the no. guy from uh, Mr. Belvedere, and then you've got the guy. Who sucks oh, at uh, uh, announcing? Ted. And, yeah. Oh, wild thing! You make everything so goddamn embarrassing. Trust me, this is a prime major league joke. But Chris said to himself right before the kiss, "Fuck you, Joe Boo. I'll do it myself." <laughs> that is prime major league joke right there. That's the all-state guy oh, has a Serrano. has a voodoo. Yeah, Serrano has a voodoo doll. Anyway, uh, if you're not excited by baseball, Greg, may, can I interest you in cricket? No. No. Actually, no. No, I'm more excited by baseball. Cricket, cricket 22, also on Game Pass. And look, I've been watching cricket highlights. I sent a cricket highlight to Chris and Michael because it is the best nut shot I've ever seen in a professional <laughs> sports game. Is that the like a wooden ball, too? Like, holy it, fuck. It's the two Australian announcers. They stop Everything they're doing to laugh at a guy getting a nut shot for five minutes in a broadcast. It's it's Oh gorgeous. no, do you see that guy got hit right in his fucking dick? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, that's not far off. It is wonderful. It's wonderful. It's a cricket. Um Hey, Chrono Cross, one of mm. GameSpot's only tens. I got a re-release, the Radical Dreamers edition. What did GameSpot give this version, I wonder? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not a 10 from what I'm hearing. Just it, mm. I just hear it's a, it's a bare-bones re-release. I, it's, I, remember, it's another... I clicked on screen. I very rarely do this. Like, Let's see some comparison shots of uh, the original and the remaster. I'm like, ooh, that's not good at all. Oh, and oh, yet, yeah. for all that, it's still it's got like a 76 on uh, Metacritic. So, like the underlying game must still be solid, but the it sounds like the actual the, the remaster part of it is. From looking at, at the visuals, it feels like they did the bare minimum to beat an mm-hmm. emulator version of Chrono Cross. Oof. I mean, looking at the uh, the Kotaku review, like the things that they were describing, it's like, oh, this sounds like what they did with the Final Fantasy VIII remake, where like. The original 2D backgrounds are just kind of blown up and blurred. Yeah. The uh, 3D characters are, are higher res and now like really stand out against the blurry backgrounds. Yeah. Um, do they even do the thing? I, I didn't bother checking, but like at least for Final Fantasy IX, that re-release, they add the thing where you can speed up the game or you can do like basically infinite damage so that you can beat any fight in one hit. Like, do they do any of that stuff where they kind of hack the game? Are you asking me? I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't yeah, play it. Generally addressing the, yeah. the, the group here. I guess that would be Is that cool, the question of the week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question of the week. Tell us about this port. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't bother to play before the show. Yeah. Uh, Anyone play, play House of the Switch? Dead remake on Switch? I really wanted to. Same. Because, uh, but it's, it's a Switch exclusive. Is there a light gun? There, uh, it does, you can, 
allegedly use the Switch controllers like a light gun, but mm. I don't think it works very well. Ironically enough, only you can't do that on the Switch Lite because it doesn't have any detachable <laughs> yeah. controllers. I've advised everyone I know to not buy a Switch Lite because you could not, you would not be able to play this game. But uh, it does use the gyroscope in the controllers. Okay, and, and from what I was reading, you'll only want to use that in conjunction with the analog stick because uh, this it's not this isn't even a Wii remote. It's not even that. It's very easy to get it a sync, but like the game looks better, but they didn't expand on it in any other way. And this is an arcade mm-hmm. game that you can play through in ten minutes if you know what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much does this cost. Beats me. Because I was gonna like I, I I had to do a bunch of recordings today, but it was just like if this is less than twenty twenty bucks or less, I'll go buy this right now. If it's more than that, I'll I'm gonna have a hard time justifying it. But I love House <clears> of the Dead. <throat> I am the king of Don't Come. And <laughs> House of the Dead too. Please elaborate. This is a forty dollar game oh, on oh, Amazon oh. for a physical edition for Switch. Oh, uh, no. Can't can't speak to digital. Uh, no online mode, but some fun co-op stuff, allegedly. And I love House of the Dead. I really do. Let me tell you real quick. Ah, okay. Digital edition, twenty-two forty-nine so on close. Nintendo.com. Yeah. All, right, all right, yeah. Doable, sure. That's with 10% off, so it'll be $25 full price uh, if you don't get that sweet, sweet I mean, 10, I mean, 10% that's, pre-order so, action. sort of fair. The, I, I don't see this... What I read about it, there's no way this will win over new fans. But mm-hmm. at least there is a remade House of the Dead out there somewhere that can go in arcades, that can go to VR uh, eventually, and that's what I'm excited about. I really want to see a VR House of the Dead. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And I think this is a start. Anyway, let's move along to... E3 2022, can't wait, getting excited, all the big announcements, mm-hmm. getting people, are, are you guys hyped? Are you excited? Yeah, man, hype for I, E3. I cannot That's, wait for my first, uh, yeah. Can't wait to get sweaty with a bunch of strangers. I can't wait to be across the street and only be invited to Digital Devolver. Uh. <laughs> they should have that still. Yeah. <laughs> and because there is no E3 in any form, canceled. No. That's crazy. Not even a digital show this now, year. I believe this is the first time since 1995 where there's nothing. Like, remember when COVID first hit, there was sort mm-hmm. of a, they just branded some stuff E3 and it was digital and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's not even that. It's just like, no, nothing. I, I mean, I, I can only speculate having been to many E3. I think I can say between Greg and Michael, I've spent 10 E3s with either of you. Yeah. <laughs> and... and and um, they were never really focused on the dig- like IGN and GameSpot built up that digital uh, daily like well we'll hit you with everything like E three never gave a shit about that their press room was the worst I've ever seen Ugh. in my life uh, bad internet everywhere it wasn't really meant to like convey information immediately it was it was a vendor thing in a way. 
most gamers and people listening don't really understand. Like, mm-hmm. I remember like being bumped, like, ah, oh, the K- the guy who buys Kmart games is here, and he's really got to see more the new yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah well, well, that, that and yeah, that's that's a thing that I feel like a lot of people didn't get. Like, I when I when I looked at like outsider press, like ten fifteen years ago, like not not mm-hmm. the enthusiast press who gets invited in. Uh, I remember like one article, it like really irked me at the time. Referred to it as a festival. It's like it's not a festival. It's a fucking trade show that the press gets invited to, and everybody else is th- who's there is like a buyer for a retail chain who's yeah. there to see what publishers are going to let them order in the next twelve months. Uh, and and like yeah, remember like there were some years we'd go and like there were people hanging out in the lobby in full costumes trying to score passes. Like it's not Comic Con. Yes. You will be crowded and sweltering in there in that in that getup. Like uh, the, the last few I went to when they uh, they opened like it Comic-Con. to to everybody, <laughs> yeah, it became true. more more like a Comic Con. But it's also like the vendors who went to E three that I remember don't exist anymore. Yeah. And uh, the way we cover games is, t- I, 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 I've always said I, I don't know what you replace E3 with. I love gaming having a Super Bowl, but I don't see how it exists now. And I don't think they ever, ever made a good effort yeah. in putting up a, a digital. Uh, th- their internet was always bad. Uh, their mm-hmm. internet was not protected. Like, <laughs> like E3 was always really bad with that. It was a, a, a in-person expo and seemed to delight. Ah, Steven Seagal and George Lopez might show up. And those are just my personal anecdotes. Mm. Um. <laughs> it's funny to hear your guys' takes. I can tell, like, the perception of E3 is, is kind of dictated by, like, when you first started going. Like, sure. I have seen several phases of E3 because mm-hmm. I've been yeah. going so long. And, like, that's uh, be what's fair, the, weird. The costume stuff, like, the last few years, that was what E3 became. Yes, because that's yeah. when they opened to the public. But yeah, I, exactly. the, the E3 Michael was describing, that's when I first started going. I think 04, 05 yeah. was my first show, right? It, that mine was, was, mine was 02, so this is the 20 okay. year anniversary wow. of me going to E3. So, wow. like, Holy that shit. at the time was what E3 was for, right? And then it shifted. And they were like, well, that's not as important anymore. And certain retailers, like, would make you go visit their headquarters in certain, you know, states, not in California to, you know, Mm -hmm. talk games and stuff. So, like, then it became a press show. Like, that was the Mm -hmm. focus. Okay, let's get press. Mm -hmm. And and then... Then it became well, the press isn't as important anymore because media is changing. So yeah, let's get influencers really in here and see what they can do. And and then it then it became well, well, shit, we're not making any money on this. Let's let's invite the public. And it's like E three keeps changing over the years. And it, I think it, within the last ten years, it's fair to say the ESA had a bit of an identity crisis with E three, and they were mm-hmm. grasping like what will work, like what will make it. I, I kind of feel like. My first shows might have been a a heyday of mm-hmm. E3, like the early yeah. early two thousands were For sort sure. of at its peak. That's when it was the loudest, the most obnoxious. <laughs> like, when it still had Kentia Hall, where you could like go downstairs, yes. like oh, like if this whole place is a sink, this is the drain where everything collects before it's flushed into the sewer. There's like just amazing weird shit that nobody cares about down here. Like I remember saying, you, you remember that animal soccer thing that's on YouTube that like was like made for a bizarre <laughs> PS2 game. Yes, I saw that publisher in Kentia Hall. Oh, they were showing off their other stuff, and I remember like, how did you even enter the country? How did you get past customs <laughs> with all this obvious <laughs> Disney ripoff shit? <laughs> Mighty Mulan, fuck you. 
I wanted to ask you guys. I'm not saying E3 is dead, and they're they're promising it'll be back next year, and and we'll no. see. This what is do it. you think was the the death knell? Was it Sony, or was it EA pulling out, or was it even like Activision? Uh, here, here's what I think. I think that uh, the companies that go to E3, the publishers kind of learned the same lesson America's office workers did during the pandemic. Like, hey, we don't have to go to this thing. It saves us money. And in the end, the result is kind of the same. That, like, a lot of publishers started putting together their own showcases and putting them out online digitally. And it's like, yeah, we get a lot of eyeballs on this and we don't have the overhead of going to E3. When when you're trying to get the people's eyes on things like the people's eyes on things mm-hmm. uh i remember working with greg we got like a google doc and it was from i mean i'm saying from google that like a publisher can own the uh attention of a game by just releasing few details on its own whenever it wants to nobody wants to read a preview a preview version ign's version of a preview of a game that doesn't exist yet. The, the review, everyone's there for, and they're like, after the game comes out, what you, the publisher, the game maker, says is irrelevant. Like, it'll never surface again on Google. We used to want to read it before video was prominent yeah. online. Like, yes. that's the thing is, like, we have to remember, like, early internet IGN coverage and stuff like video, there were these tiny postage stamp size. Yep. You couldn't see a thing, and it and it was mm-hmm. you had to download videos. Like there was no streaming video until like I don't know, like no, but I, I, the last E three I was at was 2014, and like it was still very much a showcase of like, dude, half the people cover our shit. Half the people like if you ha- if you work for a retailer, please put our shit in your stores or your storefronts, and that that I don't think needs to exist anymore. Uh, that's all done even more so than our business, than, uh, than, than, than the press has been done yeah. digitally. And the only other thing yeah. I had to say in 2014, that was when like, ah, fuck it. We got to get more in- people interested in this. And I, I just said like, when did everybody become hip hop gamer? Cause for a long time in press oh. circles, he was the only guy that like had a persona <laughs> and like, yeah. uh, he was the only he was the only one doing that, and then like uh, 2014, like holy shit, this guy is just talking like Toad the entire time, uh, and he's he bumped me for an interview because his YouTube channel is yeah. bigger. And if you run a YouTube channel, none of that shit does anything for you, so you're disincentivized from making that content. Uh, as a publisher, you're dis. That was so. Remember how expensive it was to go to E3? Did yeah. you ever yeah. like see those numbers? Yes. Yeah, well, I remember being in in the room where, you know, we'd be like, we'd ask ourselves, like, do we think it was worth that? Like, because we know how much it costs to to build that booth and stuff. And like Mm -hmm. Michael was saying, I think publishers are seeing like, well, we can kind of put up. Okay, so a couple things have changed in the industry. One, the shift to digital, right? Like you you said, Chris, it wasn't as important to maybe talk to the physical retail guys and and there's different ways to do it. Two, the changing media landscape. So Michael mentioned, like, yeah, publishers can do stuff directly. That is just also happening in games media in general. Like, publishers have in-house teams to basically, like, tell people about their games. They put on... With Twitch, you can, at any time, make an announcement about your game, and you will have people tune in if you're a big enough publisher. Like, you you kind of don't need the E3 stage to do and that. And also, anymore. also like, remember, at least where I'm at, and where I, the only places I've lived is, is California and Florida, we have GameStop, Target, and Walmart. 
nobody else sells games. Nobody. Yep. There's there's independent retail, and that didn't used to be that way. Service merchandise and Sears mm-hmm. and yeah and Ames, they all sold games, and they're all gone. When I came into the industry, the big five that was like the top five retailers it was way different than it is yeah. now, right? We used to have Circuit City was in the big five. Yes. Best Buy yeah. was in the big five. Uh, it's it the the landscape has changed with retail. Sorry, Best Buy is still there, but Circuit City, yep. Kmart, um, Sir, mm-hmm. they're all gone. Like, and there's there's no yep. reason to have that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think so many factors. It was kind of this perfect storm of a changing industry, and ESA clearly they tried things, uh, but yeah, it just wasn't working. And I think when when the first parties, to me, kind of the death knell was like when yeah. when Sony and Microsoft was sort of still associated. They were close enough by. They're like we're doing our thing in this theater across the street. But I like Sony, it was, it was Nintendo. Gone. Nintendo used to. In the Kodak Theater where they do the Oscars, Nintendo would do a giant presentation. Yep. Yeah. I love going to it. And when Nintendo said, like, we're just going to do a live YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. When they started with the directs, like, hey, this is actually a lot more effective at spreading the message. They, stu- they still had a presence on the floor. <laughs> That's but the thing. Like, they in, in very Nintendo fashion, they still had the biggest floor presence even after <laughs> everyone else pulled out. Oh, yeah. It was so weird. It was like, what? But, but you, you know, having – we've all worked in games now. Not renting out the Oscars theater in the middle of L.A. They're saving millions of dollars by not going to E3 and getting yeah. kind of the same result. And I, the ESA says it'll be back. I say no. Because the person who was streaming stuff from E3 the last time I was there and really paid attention was Jeff Keighley. He was streaming some stuff from the e- E3 Coliseum. And I saw that meme of the, the Green Arrow meme of uh, uh, Jeff Keighley's face giving a peace sign on the grave of E3. Um, because, like, yeah, he did it better. Like, everything E3 did, a, a, a premiere for trailers and games, like, that's where we're going to see that shit from here F- on out. Funny, to min- funny you mentioned it, because uh, right after this announcement came out, Keighley, uh, he has Summer Games Fest. He's still He confirmed that's still happening. That's his thing. That uh, he does like around E3 time, and at one point he was associated with them, and then I, there was kind of a public falling out where like he was no longer working as an official part of E3, and that all happened. And so yeah, he's he's still doing his thing. He's I think out of anyone, he's positioned the best to kind of take over the reins of like yeah, some publishers will still want like a press conference, a destination to announce stuff around that time of year, and. And Keeley's there, just going, okay, cool, yeah. I'm happy. If you to listen tell- to the show Michael and I started on, I would say sixty percent of E3 press conferences were fucking embarrassing, <laughs> and like and like expensive and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. There's that. Why thing. do that anymore? And then when you see Nintendo Direct, like, oh, this is self-contained. There's no audience. Like, why not just? Why wouldn't you just want to do this? Don't make poor Joel McHale yeah. get up there and like tell jokes to fucking. <laughs> on social journalists like this doesn't make any sense sorry I'm talking yeah to no it's yeah. true <laughs> yeah yeah um well you, you're talking about your time in the industry and both you and greg worked at capcom at one point and uh capcom announced they are raising employee salaries kind of across the board by 30 <laughs> percent 
Yes. We wouldn't have been affected, even if we'd still been there. I don't, I don't think it's a, it applies to the U.S. But uh, yeah, well, I mean that's that's I thought pretty... that at first because I thought it was Japan only. But then uh, the IGN story, I think it, I think they confirmed. I think it is outside of Japan. Oh well. really? Yeah. Oh that's uh, okay. I hadn't heard that. That's uh, that's that's something else. They're, they're also letting them. I think there's some rev share stuff going on, or some bonus what? stuff they're they're rolling out. <laughs> Not rev share, but like bonus, like a bonus structure mm. thing oh. as part of this. And the lesser what for that? Well, look, I you know I it's <laughs> it's kind of funny in, in, in hindsight. I feel like my time there overlapped almost perfectly with what I think of as Capcom's slump. Yeah. Uh, Mine too. Where it basically, I, I, I mean, I was hired to work on Mega Man Legends Three. That's I was mm. hired solely to work on that. We know how that ended up. Yep. And then I quit a few months before Monster Hunter World, and then and then the RE engine was ready to go, and they released the R, like RE Seven and RE Two remake, and all all the everything they've done since then has been fire. Right. Um, so it makes sense. When Greg that and I they're... were there, it was it was like RE6 and Lost Planet three, you know. and uh, oh god, yeah, and like I, just like weird. You remember? Like, remember reboots. me? Remember yeah. me? <laughs> and, uh, the Steel Battalion heavy armor, the Connect mm-hmm. game. That I wasn't there for, it but I do love huge... that that no, Dave is the highest reviewer in the world for that game by a number of <laughs> points. Was that the one that required the like two hundred dollar controller? No, no well, that's the Connect one. That oh, okay. yeah, Steel Battalion was that, but the the heavy armor was the Connect one where they oh god. Thought, well, <laughs> instead of cool a cool, if... complicated mech, you're just piloting a tank. Right? Imagine wouldn't the it, coolest uh, part yeah, about Steel it... Battalion: we've taken that out of the game. Yeah, we'd like now you, you just to play you this just game. pantomime all the stuff you used to do. <laughs> worked. It worked for Wii Music. Worked. Uh, uh, the, no, oh, Capcom oh, just. Oh, oh. There's a weirdness that I miss from Capcom as a company, but they distilled what they do as a company to. Uh, a, a couple of wonderful, wildly fantastic products instead of when I was there, it was just like, holy shit, there's so much stuff coming out and a right. varying quality. Well, yeah, and, it was, it was the awkward adolescence. We had Street Fighter Cross Tech Ken and, uh, Operation Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. Um, those were not bonus worthy achievements. <laughs> but now uh, everything they've done lately, I feel like, yeah, they they better be raising people's salaries. The, in the statement about this, they basically said the reason they're doing it is to help retain uh, game development talent and then boost productivity. Which, uh, sure, yeah, I think it'll definitely help with the retention. But uh, yeah, good, good, good for them. Happy for all the Capcom people that are going to get paid more. Yay! You yeah. should have paid Greg and Chris more. While they were there. Uh, I'll you know, him. yeah, that wasn't even the issue. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any complaints about the pay. Mm. It was everything else. <laughs> okay. okay. Announcement happened today. I am personally excited for Remedies. Confirmed they are remaking Max Payne That's 1 nuts. and 2 uh, in partnership with Rockstar. Uh, it, remember Max Payne 3? I, I was like, oh, wait, are they doing that too? And Michael reminded me, like, no, that was all Rockstar. Remedy was was no longer involved at that mm-hmm. point. But but also, like, like, Max Payne 3 is still modern enough to, like... Yeah, float by. Whereas sure. Max Payne, I mean, we would make fun of Max Payne screenshot. His face, the texture of his face, is still hysterical. He looks like Jeff Keighley. Yeah. But- <laughs> well, it's, it's the face of Sam Lake, the the right. head guy at Remedy. And if you see him, right. it's like, oh yeah, you're you're totally the original Max Payne. But Max Payne, yeah. Max Payne three is like 
I feel like one of the best games most people never played. Yeah, because there was yeah, so much well, time. I want someone to do a little series. update on that one. I was like, gonna say, I, I think the Mac, the first game holds up as one of the best games of all time. It's me just, too. It it does one thing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yep. like two mechanics in the game. Bullet time but it, and yeah, noir. But it's, it's, yeah, and it's it, about. it's. I, I it, it. just a, I did a thirty twenty ten plug lightly earlier. Um, I forget what Matt said, but a uh, hard boiled is thirty years old. If you remember yeah. that movie. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which got a is one of the few movies to get a video game exclusive sequel, but kind of <laughs> defined video games and the way it filmed action. Thirty twenty ten this week. Yeah, very nice. Um, so, um, yeah, with these remakes coming to PC, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X and S, uh, Remedy is going to handle development. Rockstar will handle finance and publishing the project. It's going to be wow. in the engine, the same engine as Control. So, uh, wow. Control looked looked beautiful nice. and. Yeah, excited to see what they do with those wow. games in new in a new engine. So looking forward to that. Just like I am looking forward to the sequels, plural, mm-hmm. to Hypnospace Outlaw. Uh, I think one of them might be a spiritual successor type sequel. But uh, uh, developer Tendershoot announced um, that, yeah, they are releasing two sequels to the 1990s internet simulator Hypnospace Outlaw. And they're both coming this year, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw is one of those games, I believe it's still on Game Pass, just play it. If you're listening to us, you probably grew up in the 90s and you remember 90s internet. It is a fun, nostalgic trip that nothing I've ever played quite captures 90s internet culture, quite like Hypnospace Outlaw. Uh, and these games look to continue that. One of the games, uh, Dream Settler, is sort of like this unofficial sequel um, where you're kind of an internet sleuth. It takes place in the early 2000s internet, so imagine the little progress there. And then the other one is a spin-off <laughs> of Hypnospace. It's called, I love the title, Slayers X colon Terminal Aftermath colon Vengeance of the Slayer. And that is a Doom-like, it's a retro first-person shooter uh, featuring Zane, one of the best characters in Hypnospace Outlaw. He's basically like a dude bro that harasses people uh, and everyone kind of hates him. Um, so he's making uh, a game. Uh, it's like him growing up and making a game. Looking forward to, to both of these. Uh, if you have never played Hypnospace Outlaw, you might be familiar with the music of Hot Dad. Uh, he features prominently on the soundtrack to Hypnospace Outlaw. He's a friend of Laser Time. Oh, I didn't know that. The, the orchestrator of the 302010 theme song. Sure. Yes. Right. Yeah, he is He is in the game as well. So, yes, uh, just check it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a great series, and I'm excited they're making more stuff. Just like I'm personally excited for this uh, sequel that was announced on April Fool's, but it ended up being real. Ron Gilbert, original director of Monkey Island, is working on a Monkey Island sequel that is coming up. Uh, the Return to Monkey Island, uh, named appropriately mm. enough. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's supposed to be like a sequel to two, so maybe they're just pretending all the Telltale stuff never happened. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I saw somebody I referring would. to it as Monkey Island 3, and it's like, but there were at least two other games yeah. produced mm-hmm, by that, that team. Maybe Ron Gilbert had left, but there, I remember there was like a full motion animation one. There was the 3D one that came out on PS2 also. Whatever one Ryan and Dan had all those talking dolls for. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't even remember which one that was. 
The only thing this one's missing, like it has a lot of the original folks. So Dave Grossman, the original co-writer, is also working on it. Uh, LucasArts composers, Michael Land, Michael McConnell, or Clint uh, Bajakian. And the only one who's, who's missing, Tim Schafer, obviously, who's doing his thing with Double Fine now. Mm. So he, he's not back. But um, Ron Gilbert, also an interesting follow on Twitter, I will say that. Uh, yeah, is is back to Monkey Island, I guess... I guess they got the rights back after Telltale fell apart. Makes yeah. sense. I I got to meet Ron Gilbert once at I think E3, and uh, he was he was there uh, for the Cave, which was a game he put out like I think yeah. ten years ago. That was a long time. Uh, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did not realize this was an in joke, but he was wearing a big button that said "Ask me about Loom," and I said. What what do you want to tell me about Loom? <laughs> like like oh this is just a reference to Monkey Island. There's a character that wears this big button. Like oh okay yeah yeah stepped on that one. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I think people wondered what was going to happen um, with LucasArts products once Disney acquired them and. I don't think there's a huge future for Monkey Island in, out there, but Disney's letting somebody try. And right I'm, now, I'm, it's I'm weird. Happy. So, like, there is technically a LucasArts kind of division in Disney, but pretty yeah. much what they do is handle approvals for all the Star Wars games. Like, they're right. just sort of like shepherds of that brand. So, right, uh, but they're, they're they're not inhibiting other games and allowing a lot uh, several. I mean, they remaster Day of the Tentacle, like. They're, they're, they're letting stuff get out there and not letting the IP remain dormant, which is what Disney has notoriously been very good at. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, interestingly but, enough, this is getting published by Devolver. Like, uh, that's very strange, but it yeah. has Lucas, Lucasfilm's logo on it. So it, mm-hmm. it's very much involved, I guess. And if you, if you played, uh, Thimbleweed Park, that was Ron Gilbert's, I think, last mm-hmm. point and click adventure in the retro pixel style and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I mean, he's he's still good at making those games. So yep. uh, look These forward to These games are very much not for me, but I'm excited for people who are excited. Uh, kind of a related, uh, similar announcement type. Uh, Roberta Williams, who's like one of the original founders oh. of Sierra, uh, is reembarking uh, to make Colossal Cave Adventure, I think, VR in yeah. this year. She's, she's So she's back working on games again. I was reading a thing about that and saying, that she and her husband got bored during lockdowns, and so they decided to start making a game again, and it was like revisiting... Like, Colossal Cave Adventure might be described as the original adventure game. Like, mm-hmm. it was a text adventure game that was kind of... It was created by this caving and, and, and Dungeons and & Dragons enthusiast uh, at, I think, MIT. And as the story goes, like, he went on vacation and left it on his... Uh, on the mainframe or something and some of the other people discovered it and started like making all these changes and improvements to it and it became like a really popular game on campus for computer nerds in the 70s and from that spring like you know it, Roberta Williams really liked it and she made Mystery House and Wizard and the Princess and all these early graphical text adventures and from that came you know this this Sierra point and click games the Lucasfilm point and click games it's like this this lineage of adventure games and story driven games that can be traced back to this one thing this this text adventure that one guy created in the 70s that became a community project and uh that he like apparently the the original creators like neither of them claim any rights to it so they're mm. like this is as far as we're concerned this is public domain anyone can do it just don't claim don't try to claim the rights to the original 
So Roberta and Ken Williams, the founders of Sierra, are like, sure, we'll we'll try to remake this into like something 3D and that you can play in VR. So it sounds interesting that they, I guess they try they're trying to change as little as possible. They're keeping like the original narration intact. They're adding more story elements, but like. The idea is like we want someone who's a fan of this to be able to play it and say, "Yeah, this feels right. This this feels like what what I remember." Nice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, the, she's been associated with so many classic games like King's Quest. You know, like mm-hmm. Phantasmagoria. I yes. know some people have fond memories of Phantasmagoria. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's back. Um, I love it. Yeah, they just got bored in lockdown and wanted to, mm-hmm. to work on a game. So, looking, they're they're, looking they're fascinating artist millionaires. Those, yeah. those two. Yeah, like they literally were sailing the world. <laughs> like her and her and Ken Williams yep. were like, you know, sailing the world on their yacht, and it's like, ah, maybe we should make games again. Like, okay, mm. must be nice. Imagine it is. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to our community segment, which is always a segmenting the community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was are you excited for the new PlayStation Plus? And do you think it's worth upgrading to a higher tier? Uh, Craig, you weren't here last week. Do you have an opinion? N. Oh, I am not. <laughs> I am not excited for this. But I, 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 I think you probably said on the... Oh no! It was another. I'm sorry. This was another podcast I was listening to. Another better podcast. You listen to other podcasts. (laughs) I play the field, Uh, where they were saying (laughs) they they should they should release a a title list, you know, and they haven't done that. We we said that too. Oh, you did say that too. (laughs) Okay, sorry. It's it's hard to make the call until you see the games. I I thought you'd be excited because of the PlayStation One release because you 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 do like a lot of retro releases. But I'm like, you know what? I guess Greg's even before PS1. You're more of a Saturn yeah. guy yourself. I, well, I'm everything, you know, and mm-hmm. I keep mm-hmm. everything. So that's the thing is it's not really for me. I have a, yeah. I have a PS, I have two PS2s, a Saturn, a Genesis, you know, like this is like, I, I just don't like, I don't think you can make a judgment call about it, whether it's a compelling offering or not until you at least have some a sense right. of, it was it was like it was like what me and me and Disney offering. Plus Disney like you can get all your favorite Disney stuff right here and like not only do did I buy every Blu-ray release of every movie you made I redeemed the digital copy like why would I give yeah. you eight dollars yeah. more a month uh, I have everything and I I do and if it wasn't for things like Mandalorian and because every time I load up Disney Plus and like. I have more downstairs in in, in, in in a disc form that I just won't get out. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, and, uh, you know, so much of the uh, what made PlayStation compelling for past generations was that they had such a huge library of, like, weird gems, you know? Like, if, mm-hmm. if, if Silent Bomber on the PS1 isn't part of this lineup... Like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Somehow I doubt that will be a priority title for them. It, well, yeah, but that's the problem is that yeah. they like the, How the, about the trap gunner and brigandine. Come on. The lineup of titles Brigandine. that have been canonized have nothing to do with what made PlayStation as a whole interesting. You know, it was that you could find weird ass games like mm-hmm. like a FMV game where you dismantle bombs or, uh, you know, uh, a game where you are a silent bomber 
<laughs> well, I remember coaster it, game we played. It it got so comparatively cheap to produce games that there was just like that was the first time when like all the weird games from Japan that we grew up reading about started to come out in the U.S. Yeah, right? yeah, because yeah. uh, DVDs were so much cheaper to print, than, mm. or I guess it was oh, CDs. CDs, yeah. CDs for PlayStation yeah. One. Yeah, true. I, I just I still can't believe that that's at Sony's high end. Um. The premium tier is PlayStation One and Two games. Where, yeah, the where, highest, the highest tier is the yeah the, the is middle the tier old just is the highest is tier PS4 should be the PS yeah. the PS3 access stuff because that stuff want, is inaccessible anywhere and hard yeah. to emulate. Yeah. I believe isn't PS3 the highest tier? Like that's that's locked. No, it, that's locked I think off it, in the highest. Oh, maybe so basically it is. what PlayStation Now is. Is stream right. PS3 games. I want to say PS3 is locked to the highest. The only thing that you get in the middle tier is the PS4 and 5 games. Okay. How? So, okay. Uh, so how much of this is uh, streaming? What do you call it? Stream like cloud gaming. Only the PS3 stuff is mandatory cloud gaming. Everything else you can download. I believe you also have the option to cloud uh, some of the older system games, but you can download those if you want. <laughs> Cause I don't like. I feel like this. This might be a me problem, but I like. There's something about cloud gaming that is immediately a turnoff, and I think that there's probably a lot of people that feel that way. Would you say that you're an old man yelling at cloud? Yeah. Gaming? Well, yeah. Like, I do feel like it's exact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of old men that grew up with the PS One and Two and Three that don't like. It, there's just something about this idea of streaming. I, I have not had games. a satisfying cloud gaming experience in my life. Period. Hmm. It's not I have. Good. It was called Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's the <laughs> best cloud gaming oh, oh, experience. You fucking asshole! God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Let him do that. I have no specific reason to think that it's not good, but there's just something about it not being. Uh, you know, like I adjusted to digital gaming. Okay. In fact, since the PS. Well, I guess the PS, uh, you know, like PS3, I went kind of half digital, and PS4, I went almost completely digital. Uh, but something about streaming from the cloud, I just have this possibly uh, irrational impression that it's not going to be as good. It's not well, irrational. It's not as good. Yeah, I mean, I my experience, like Stadia, I've had good experiences with PlayStation. Now, I feel like the, I've only tried to play it a couple times, and when I have. It's it's like playing a kind of grainy YouTube video. Yeah. It's, it's like this isn't this doesn't look as good as it should as it would if it were playing on local hardware. There's right. that. There's also this like weird uncanny valley of like the delay is literally milliseconds, but it's just enough of a delay where the games yeah. don't feel exactly like they should, and it becomes more noticeable because it's so slight. Like it's one thing if it's like a laggy. Okay, yeah, I can, I can feel the lag, yeah. but it's like it's just off enough where you're like. Okay, this I is drunk. frustrating. Yeah, I, I'm still pissed. I, I played for the first time in my life a serious Sam game I didn't love immediately because I was doing it over the cloud and like I'm dying a lot. Is that because of me or because of how I'm playing? It? Having played that game, it's because of that game. <laughs> that <laughs> game was, was designed. <laughs> I know. I'm a big fan of the jank of Serious Sam. Love it. Mm. All right. Well, we should get into the answers. We don't want to rehash last week's discussion necessarily. Uh, these are all, these are all from Twitter because that's the only channel that seems to work right now. Uh, at Dewani Raksha says, excited to finally have access to a PlayStation Now like service as we have not had it in Australia previously. 
But hmm. we'll need to see the catalog of games before committing to the extra tier. Premium is of no interest to me. With few exceptions, old game, Greg, is old. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is called extra there. Hmm. Extra? Probably. No, it uh, is. I thought it was extra here. That's the middle tier, isn't it? Is it? And then yeah. I think I think extra is that middle tier. It might be called something else here, but... Um, and then... Uh, call- Callman says uh, Sony highlighted games like Spider-Man, and the other Spider-Man is being included because Sony has good exclusives. Xbox doesn't. I'm 100% here for a Netflix-style service of games I've missed. My backlog is 10 years old, so uh, I'll never run out of games to play. <laughs> Tweets are hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, maybe you'll get an edit button now that Elon Musk owns them, or the majority shares. I, I, Spider-Man games being on there are, is a big thing, especially old that that PS1 Spider-Man. Like that, that is one of those things. Like, oh, I could play that yeah. anytime I wanted. Neat. Um, yeah. Game is very good. Yeah, because like I, you know, like Greg, I, I have my disc versions of all the other Spider-Man games, but I don't have that <laughs> one. Hmm. Mm. Uh, at Krang Loves Pizza says, I had a digital library of around 500 games with Sony over the years, Woo! and this new plan just ignores those purchases. Wow. So my PS5 is going to a friend tonight, and I'm PC only from now on. I'm a bit tired of all the subservices personally. I'll emulate the classics, thanks. I will not I don't judge know that you, you need to give away monsters. your PS5 because of yeah. this. <laughs> There's still stuff coming out that you're not going to be able to get on PC, man. Yeah. I mean, not much. <laughs> not much. It's really yeah. not much. I mean, eventually, yes, the new God of War and Horizon are probably going to come to PC. Fine. Yeah, it's, but... it's really almost nothing. But, but I can understand being it's mad. Eternal. I think that's it. Bloodborne. I never right. bought more PS1 titles than when I had a PS Vita. And huh. and given that those, those purchases are just lost. They're just mm-hmm. done. Uh, yeah. Is, is is I mean you can still play them on your Vita, but Michael, if you want to fucking spit salt in my eye, we can do it <laughs> Mike. I don't know. I don't even know. Like in your head right now, try and remember what the Vita charger looks like. Yeah, mm. hasn't he endured enough abuse, have... Michael? He owned a Vita. All right, come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> I do remember what it looked like. It had that weird USB plug that would yeah, slide like... out of it. it yes, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's it's like it's like an HDMI cable that if it came out of a cow the the farmer would have shot it in the face. The <laughs> the way you guys describe that it's like some dude's dick falling out of the front of his underwear crack. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, this weird USB plug that would just fall out. It's you the, know? Like, but everything else, like uh, I could plug into something else. There was nothing I could plug that Vita plug into, ever. Oh, and you tried. You searched. I did. I put it in my DVI port. Didn't work at all. Oh man. Did you try your Divix track? Shorted out my view, Sonic. <laughs> I'm so pissed about it. <laughs> a nutcracker, a person after my own heart. Personally, N.O. Mm. I have a PS3, Vita Pro, and PS5 with all the games I want for each platform, yet I still purchase more games, mostly digitally, contributing to an already massive backlog of plate sorry backlog on playstation consoles alone i'm also on base nso service because i modded my n64 with hdmi 
I don't know what that means, but... I thought it was like a military thing at first, but now I have no idea. Nintendo Switch Online, he doesn't pay for the updated uh, Switch Online because he doesn't need to play the, the N64 games. Co- oh, because you have an N64. Do you guys even play video games? Come no! On. You, uh, man, you're, you're like a translator. Yeah. <laughs> he has a follow-up, apparently. He has yeah. a follow-up, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I've also learnt that any game slash service is easily crippled by internet outage, i.e. GT7. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm keeping streaming gaming services on links for now. I, 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 when I finished Elden Ring, uh, my time was like 200, oh, 200 plus hours. Wow! But, Man. but, like, um, I had a period, I had a period of a week where I was like without or with spotty internet and if you've ever tried to load a PS5 game, even a this is a disc game, it it will not load a game because the cloud saves. It has to check, yeah, has to and check um, stuff. or it so, gives you a really scary message, scary message yes. that makes you think you're going to overwrite. Your no, save. not even a scary message. I'm talking like ten to fifteen minutes on a load screen. Mm. Um, so I just left it on for a long time, <laughs> uh, sometimes days at a time. Your power uh, bill is going to be like a thousand dollars. So I, well, I mean, it was the title running. screen. I don't know what I, like I, I put it in suspend mode. I, I don't know what else to do because like there were times, yeah, I couldn't start my disc based game on a PS5 because there was no internet. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought like I, I was going to say. Uh, so the server cut out when I was playing Elden Ring the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm like you know try to log back in a bunch of times. It's not letting me. It's like okay, I'll just play offline. And I went and did like a tomb that I'd never been in before. And it's just like, I feel like I'm playing without a safety net because there's no messages to tell me like, you know, beware of right or whatever. And yeah, it's like I've I'd gotten so dependent on those to help guide me through these things. Like shit's surprising me now. That's how I played the entire game. That's how you get good. I guess. No, it's still still wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, You save so much time with those messages. Yeah, you really do. That's what wikis are for. I'm not reading the fucking wiki the whole time I'm doing yeah. it. It's a shared online online experience, and uh, my mm-hmm. boys here. Yeah, yeah. It feels like you know I'm playing along with other people. It gives it a community vibe. I've started Yuck. leaving messages myself. You ever geocache before? It's like that. Like, yeah, go to one of those weird piles of desiccated corpses at the bottom of one of the air tree tombs and leave like, "Is this a lover?" Gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something nasty like that. Try Seek rump. Butthole. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so new question of the week. Uh, who is a creator you would like to see return to the industry or to a classic franchise? So like like uh, Roberta Williams coming back to the industry after a long retirement. The Leisure Suit Larry Box. Um, she can come back to that. <laughs> that that was the soft porn adventure box. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. She looks great though. Yeah. Or or like Ron Gilbert returning to Monkey Island after all these years. Uh, it, it can be either one of those. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I want to see Al Lowe come back and do more Leisure Suit Larry. Except I don't. That guy is retired <laughs> and he should stay that way. His jokes are bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> His jokes are among the worst. Yet still. It's like the third funniest video game franchise that's ever existed. Mm. Yeah, mm. Sure. I guess. Um, 
So I'll I'll say um, Jane Jensen, creator of Gabriel Knight. I would I would like okay, to see her. Sure. I, I don't even know if she's been gone. Honestly, she, I think she's Charlie so Perry just stepped through through a mist. Yeah, a sword yeah. <laughs> <laughs> entered this podcast. I have to cheat on this. I have to go with someone who's no longer with us. Um, can I say Gunpei Yokoi? I want him. Mm. To return to from the dead. Yes, I want him to, to actually be us. around when VR is real and as prominent as it is. Like the inventor mm. of the Nintendo's failed Virtua Boy system. Like I can only imagine some of the cool stuff he would have mm. thought of for like Oculus. Yeah. It's not like he invented the concept of VR. That existed at the time. It was just this is how we do a home version for less than two hundred dollars. No, but he. I mean, in addition to the hardware stuff, he did some really cool out of the box games. Like he, yeah. he's the kid of Chris guy. He's, yeah, he's yeah. The Metroid no, I'm, guy. I'm well he's aware of his guy, accomplishments. That alone, yes. Yeah. 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 Grounds for resuscitation. Mm-hmm. His name alone sounds like a sequel to Radiant Silvergun. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like anything VR, I, w- I would like to see what, what he would do with that technology now that it's kind of realized in, in a good form. Anyway, uh, rest in peace. Can play a coin. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a, a stealth 302010 plug. Um, Fez is is 10 years oh, old. Yeah. Huh. Oh, and, yeah. And when we had to talk oh, yeah. about it, we had to talk about Phil Fish, who yes. was so vocal. And then the star of Indie Game, the movie, he kind of became the face of Indie Games, period, and then withdrew and disappeared. P- partially driven out of the industry by a friend of mine, Marcus Beer. Uh, yeah. Who, who, yeah, like, got him so upset and i don't think marcus did it solely but it's like it was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back like he was so tired i think of being the face of indie gaming and and what that entailed and he was an outspoken person but yeah he just was like you know what i'm done i don't need to do anything else like fez was amazing and he sold well so I'm, yeah, I'm, i got three I'm, million bucks what yeah. the fuck i gotta do the rest of my life uh uh, I, I don't like the guy, or I, I, I think Fez is a mediocre game, but I just wanted to mention <laughs> Fez is amazing. You're I love Fez. You're yeah, I was, yeah, I was won over by Fez. I was okay. not. So I, if you I, like I Fez, you'll love it. Tunic, Greg. That's all I'll say. Mm. Okay. No. All right. Continuing the uh, the pattern of dead people, um, <laughs> I'm, I was going to go with Kenji Eno, who... Uh, it's sort of a, I think he's like a, he's like a game designer's designer sure. is the, is the impression I get. I know him from Enemy Zero on the Saturn, which is easily, easily the most intense horror game I've ever played. Oh, really? Well, he's passed away, you know, and I, and you know, I, I don't think he's done that many games, but his, his reputation precedes him. And I, I don't think it's just because he died before his time. Um, so what horror series would you want him to work on if, if he's the master of horror? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of just wish that he were still around to innovate, you know? I mean, maybe like he, I feel like he's the kind of guy maybe he would team up with like a, a Sweary or a Suda51 and do something interesting. Or he could, or he could resurrect the ghoulies. <laughs> or resurrect the, yeah that was on the tip of my tongue <laughs> or he oh, yes. could make silent hill scary again or he could make silent hill yeah I, if you haven't checked out enemy zero um uh, even if it's just a playthrough you know like a video on on uh, youtube check it out it's really interesting they, they do some 
things with permadeath and uh it, it, you know to me it always felt kind of like a proto uh alien isolation cool where oh, okay you yeah. have you have an invisible enemy uh literally invisible and you have to use sound to track where it is uh and it's based it's it's it feels like the whole game was inspired by that scene in Alien where Dallas, the ca- ship captain, is cr- crawling through the vents and they, mm-hmm. they're using the ping to figure out how close the alien is to him. Uh, it's like that, the game. I love the title, That the Game. If it, somebody should take that. Somebody should take That the Game. That yeah, should the make Game that. should be a t- <laughs> They should yeah. make That the Game. I want Kenji Ano back. Bring him back to life. Right. Make a game called That the Game. Word. So who's who's a creator that you would like to see returned to the industry or to life or to their classic franchise? Uh, let us know. Uh, our site might actually be working by the time this goes live, in which case go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 466. Alternately, you can visit us at the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Uh, let's go out with some plugs. Greg, uh, once again, where can people find you? Check me out uh, on Twitch at Lacquerware and uh, on Twitter at Lacquer Leaks. Lacquer Leaks. Uh, nice. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Uh, Laser Time 302010. I'm so tired. Hmm. Check out my hot food take spoofing Greg at Lacquer Leaks with two E's. Um, and then you can check me on the Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. And as always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Possibly visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh, man, you cracked the code.